Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk a bunch of animated shows and movies here with new podcasts every other Wednesday. Find everything about us at OverlyAnimated.com. This one is releasing on a Saturday, though, uh, because we delayed uh, this week's podcast for uh, the to include the second episode of The Owl House Season 2. So that's what our main topic will be, episodes 1 and 2 of The Owl House Season 2. Catch that Later on, uh, and you can check the podcast description for the timestamp on when that begins, but to start with, I am your host, Dylan Heisen, since I've not said that yet, and I'm joined to catch up on what we've been watching in animation by Alex Bonilla. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Yes, so... Uh, Owl House coming up and check the timestamps and the descriptions for uh, the shows that we're going to be briefly covering here uh, as check-ins in case you want to know what's been up with some of these shows. Should you get catch up? Should you watch them? Let's get into all of that to start with on our what we've been watching. Um, Starting off with Amphibia. Um, It's been a little bit since the season two finale True Colors has aired. Um, And uh, so not primary actions here. And of course, we could do so much more on True Colors. But Alex, what is um, what's staying with you from the finale of Amphibia? Well, I think a discussion of True Colors would be incomplete without thinking about the discourse around it regarding the potential, the the delay and then potential censorship. And then it it comes out mostly intact, but we get the season three intro out of it. So, like, I, I, I have been very invested and interested in that conversation going on with, like, the different animation industry people I follow on Twitter, like, that, that. So the fact that True Colors inspired all that coming out was very interesting to me. And the finale itself was amazing. Like, it, it, it should have, uh, you know, like, gone without a problem. Like, it was, like, very emotional. It felt like a very good culmination of uh, of, uh, of of Anne's character and Marcy's character that, that we've been building up in, in season two. A lot of... Uh, Definitely a couple of like fake out moments that were 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 pretty effective, and uh, of course, like you know, you you leave us on a very interesting spot for season three. Uh, that it's like it's like an immediate hook. Like finally, like we're gonna uh, see a, a, a different environment. Um, so true, true colors lived. I had high expectations for true colors, and it lived up to them. Uh, um, I'm just very happy that it got more eyes on amphibia which is a great show and i think that the um the season two finale uh, like uh, it's it's a good representation of amphibia running at at full speed yeah really epic fantastic finale pretty blown away by how hard they go that one of my big takeaways like the show goes so hard in the finales for like what sometimes is a pretty chill show so i don't know if i've seen that before like it goes so hard with these season one and two finales but true colors was great obviously the big reaction to what happens at the end which i guess will be a little bit uh vague about since if people have not seen but uh with marcy uh but uh shocking moment like uh incredibly cannot believe the show did that uh and uh yeah i mean it just it was like epic the whole way through i one of my big takeaways how how much it was inspired by uh, Miyazaki's Castle in the Sky, uh, this finale, <laughs> um, like heavily, heavily inspired by Castle in the Sky, which I love to see. I thought it was really fun. Um, but uh, I mean, there's so much to, to talk about there. Any the, other? The, the, I, 
Well, yeah, there's that transformation sequence yes. um, in the episode, um, guest animated. Uh, I, I thought it's it's always great when you get the, you know somebody injecting like a, a different style than the show usually does, and so that's just like another example, like right in the perfect place, and uh, um, combined with the emotional buildup for that. So uh, uh, that was also a, a big highlight of that episode. Yeah, definitely. Any other things you wanted to highlight? Um, yeah, and. I, I think also just uh, Sa- Sasha and Grime, you know, like they, they deserve at least a little bit of uh, mention, like uh, um, the, their their plan has uh, come to fruition there and they're left in like an interesting spot uh, at the end of the episode. So uh, I, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they how they handle her because like there there's there's a couple of different there's like a, a worst case scenario of, of her getting sidelined and a best case scenario of like doing interesting things with where she's at but so I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how how they how they balance that yeah I agree yeah love uh, Sasha Stan love Sasha in the finale um, okay there you go that we'll leave it at that with uh, with true colors as we have other things to get to but obviously it could be a lot more from. Uh, one of the most uh, epic and notable finales in recent animation memory, I'd say. Let's talk. Uh, another show just had a season finale. Final Space uh, Season 3 has just concluded as of this recording. I can give the finale reactions in a second, but April, you know you're catching up on Final Space. Where are you and what mm-hmm. has stood out to you from the season so far? Um, so I am on episode, I think I just finished nine. I know I've definitely seen eight. No, you know what? I've seen nine. (laughs) I literally like just finished watching and sometimes things blur together whenever you're watching them. How's the season so far? Um, I, Final Space is always the show that I feel is very underrated and it just continues to sort of like blow my mind away with every episode. Um, not in a bad way, but in a positive way, like just the fact that it doesn't get like enough credit or it doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Like every episode is just so beautifully, like it just looks so pretty. And there were a few moments where I was very like torn apart about things that have happened or like took place. Uh, I mean, I'm like, every episode is a bad episode. And I don't mean that in like, they're bad in terms of quality, um or content it's just like things just keep getting worse and worse and worse and and so i'm really excited to see how the season like wraps up because i feel like we've got like a little bit of like everything going on a little all over the place but not it's not like so much chaos that that i'm put off by it does that make sense (laughs) yeah yeah okay that's that's good nice and and you're uh so you're 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 digging it so far yeah i'm digging it so far so um it, it i mean the first couple of episodes i thought were a little bit slow but it's definitely like picked up as it content has continued on nice yeah i think the pace is is definitely fast in the season i will say i wasn't for most of the season i wasn't really into the plot of what was happening i can elaborate that in a second but having just seen the finale i do want to say i loved the finale of the show i won't spoil anything but mm-hmm. i thought hey. that the finale was really incredible it did pull me back into the season after i was a little bit checked out for a while um i thought it was epic it was emotional it was like super gorgeous the whole season was super gorgeous um great for all the characters i was really impressed to how they incorporated all the characters could be the best episode of the show i don't know but it was i loved the finale <gasps> final space loved uh, season three loved it yeah no in general this season i think it was a yeah the thing with final space season two and three is like uh i don't every episode 
I don't know where the next episode is going, which is depending on your perspective could be good. I have no sense of like the the long-term plot arc of the show. Um, it's almost like a non-serialized serialized show to a certain extent. It's like each episode kind, seems kind of independent, yeah. um, which I, I can get a little frustrated by, but I do think it got there in the end. Um, obviously as always like gorgeous animation, uh, the finale did uh, get there, I think with Gary Avocado and little Cato. So I think that was a, a big thing oh, for the season good. to eventually hit on quick, quick things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, April, uh, biscuit. Uh, I love Biscuit. I don't know at what point I started standing Biscuit, but I think Biscuit is so funny. Uh, Biscuit's like, I love that Biscuit's like the adorable version of Kevin. Yeah, I, I could see it. He's like annoying. Yeah, adorable. But, but Kevin's like, adorable I, too. I, I really enjoy like the forgetfulness too. Like, oh, I forgot you guys were out there. Like, what? Or oh, let me go ahead and turn on the ant or the artificial gravity, and I'm like, that would have like I was like right there with all of the characters. I was like, that would have been helpful like 20 minutes ago, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and another, uh, I was gonna say, but basically, I'm constantly impressed by Olin's like ability, just random characters that are just memorable and hilarious uh, throughout the show. Uh, another like random character, and I think you just watched the episode April, so I hope it's not spoiler. But my biggest reaction this season was actually Clarence coming back. Uh, like <gasps> mine too. I I remember we hated him last season, and yet it was I was cheering when Clarence comes back in episode nine. I I I don't know why I reacted like that to Clarence or why it was so incredible, but uh, for some reason I loved I love Clarence now. I guess I was so shocked by it, and like everyone was really mad about it. I say everyone, like, the characters of the yeah. show were like, no, like, F that guy. And I was like, yes, F that guy. And then, like, he ended up pulling through for them. And so I, you know, I was like, Clarence. yeah, like, it was odd that I was, like, strangely rooting for Clarence. But also, like, I think I hate Todd more than I hate Clarence. So, oh, yeah, Todd was also in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Todd was also in there. Yeah. I just watched that episode. <laughs> it, it's it's a good use of bringing back a hated character, but showing them so broken down and pathetic that you're like, oh, well, I guess I can't hate him that much anymore. Like, yeah, maybe uh, that was it. Well, yeah. and I, I think with all of the stuff that happened with Ash, too, I was just like, I need her to have like something good in this moment. You know what I mean? Like, because she put a lot of faith in in Clarence, and I'm glad that that faith pulled off. Like, no, there, there's more more stuff with Ash after that. So yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'd, yeah, lo- yeah. I'd love to hear your reactions about Ash. Dylan, I know, I the only thing I want to note about it, I just want to make sure we note Ash uh, is revealed to be the gay character we were promised uh, in, in episode eight when she is uh, yes. flirtation with this weird spirit thing, Evra. And uh, so, yeah, Ash is gay. Um, no, I don't have a I don't have a lot of thoughts on Ash. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it, uh, it would be really interesting to see where we go with that character. If Final Space continued, we don't know if it's going to get picked up um but uh definitely a tragic i think turn for ash is the main thing we're going for this season yeah yeah uh, well quickly because we mentioned tragic and april mentioned the idea of like every episode like chaos is happening my main feeling with final space is just that 
everything feels like a bummer by the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, like it, it, this season especially, like, it, their wins are very rare for the team. So, like, it just, it, it depends on your on your patience for that. I think it, it does it does well in in certain spots. But yeah, like it, it's it's a it's a rough season in terms of like if you're rooting for these people, <laughs> it's it's a little uh, it's a little bit hard to watch sometimes seeing all the ways things go wrong. Yeah, dark, dark season. We are hoping for the pickup for Final Space season four, so we'll be stay tuned to that. But uh, good stuff from Final Space season three. Um, we next thing we have uh, the third installment of Adventure Time Distant Land specials together again, focused on Finn and Jake. Um, Alex, Adventure Time expert, big big episode for uh, big Adventure Time fans. What did you think? Uh, I I absolutely loved it. Like it, it just if it, it definitely feels like a proper finale for Adventure Time. Like it, it, Adventure Time, Finn and Jake are the main characters, and so like the fact that like this is uh, like you know wrap wrapping up like their <laughs> their, uh, their story sort of situation and like it's funny like it is very classic jake and finn chemistry um although a lot of callbacks to previous seasons that i think uh, uh, adventure time fans appreciated myself included um the the the, the villain spot might, might be a little weak although like it, it definitely you know, uh, uh, something that happens in the latter half of the episode help, helps it out a lot, but um, yeah, just uh, I I think that uh, together together again just felt very very fulfilling in a way to watch like like one one last ride for the for the characters it, like given the original finale like it it was trying to stack so much in there so having something focused on Finn and Jake felt more like. That that's what the, that's what the show needed to finally say goodbye. So it was it was it was very nice. It was very bittersweet to uh, feel like this is the last time we're going to see them. But I think that it it did it as well as it uh, as well as it could. And just like also like just the setting is pretty fun. Like it, uh, I I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it most well it might be a spoiler. But uh, <laughs> it, take, it takes place in a very interesting spot of the Adventure Time lore. So I, I like that we get to explore that as well. There's a really fun fake out like 10 minutes in. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess a spoiler, but uh, quickly, quickly noted resolved. Um, yeah, it's, it's very, really fun. I really enjoyed it as well. Um, my big, yeah, my biggest, biggest reaction was kind of the fake out early on. Um, but then a lot of fun stuff as well. Um, anything else, Alex? Um, just uh, get, get ready for Peppermint Butler. I'm, I'm hyped. Okay? The series. I'm hyped. <laughs> well, I oh think there's goodness. a lot of potential with Peppermint Butler. Um, okay, I'll go quickly on last week's uh, episode, or two weeks ago, depending on when you're listening, uh, new Craig of the Creek episodes. Um, only four more as we are ramping up for the five-part season three finale, potentially epic season finale, which is unusual for Craig of the Creek. But uh, we've not seen that as of this. Uh, we've just seen Body Swap, Copycat Carter, Brother Builder, Jessica the Intern. Great episodes in general. I think Craig of the Creek season three has been so incredible. Um, and uh, like show's always been great and consistent. I think it's been even more consistent, more great this season. Ton of different t- types of fun episodes. Every character's fun. 
Um, just uh, been enjoying Craig so much. Uh, these episodes quickly got uh, the third in my cardboard saga with Copycat Carter, which I was obviously you will start past <laughs> Craig podcast incredibly excited for. And it lived lived up to the hype. It was a great mecha fight type episode. And it, it culminates my ship at the end of this episode that I've been uh, calling for for years on the podcast. So uh, Carter Zo for and Zozo forever. Um, and uh, that, that was great. Body Swap was a fun take on that genre. Uh, Jessica, the intern, finally got Jessica and Kit together, which was great. Um, and uh, Brother Builder was like uh, one of the most wholesome episodes uh, endings uh, that I've seen. So re- really good stuff from Craig. I just I just want to definitely highlight how great season three has been. If you look back on what episodes have been in the season and um, very hyped for the capture of the flag finale. So we will check back on that. Uh, just a note here that. Uh, when this podcast is coming out, Summer Camp Island Season 2 and Luca, the newest Pixar movie, will have been released, but we are recording this in advance of those, so we have not seen those yet. Uh, looking forward to talking about them next time. Next thing, we got uh, only the premiere so far of Tuca and Birdie as we are recording this, but, uh, you know, big deal. Brought back from the dead, now airing on Adult Swim. Just the first episode of Tuca and Birdie. April, what did you think of it? Um, I don't like being personally attacked by one of my favorite shows, but <laughs> they call that the Bojack. But I guess it's the Tuca and Birdie now too. Yeah, yeah. Now it's first Bojack, now Tuca and Birdie. Um, I thought it was great. I think it um it has a different tone. I feel than the first season, and it's an it's it's going to get very real. It's already very real, but I, I do enjoy, I guess, the dark humor of it all because that's my coping mechanism as well. So, um, I, yeah, I just, I, I like connected to this episode on so many levels, especially with like Birdie and her struggles. And like, I was getting after, after I watched the episode, I was like getting mad at Tuca, and then I was mad at like Speckle, and <laughs> as I was continuing to process this episode, um, but yeah, it was good. I liked it, but nice. again, uh, dark humor is my coping mechanism. So, <laughs> uh, Alex, what did you think of it? Yeah, um, it's only been one episode, but like my sense is that like it hadn't really lost a beat and like it was still kind of almost the exact same feeling that it was in its Netflix form, Um, perhaps a little bit more direct uh, because like even, you know, Birdie was dealing with with trauma stuff in season one and Tuca was dealing with how to have her own personal life. Uh, stuff in in season one but like here it's kind of addressed way more head on like any any show that portrays therapy in a positive light that automatically like upgrades it by like a letter grade Uh, there's jokes in here of course about therapists but also i think at the end of the day it's just that people go to therapy please Uh, so so i i i I really uh, appreciated that um, I, I think the surreal nature of it is still mostly intact. Like there's a good part where the Bishop Birdie is a haunted house and they do really fun stuff with that. Uh, and like, 
like always the thing with like compare comparing Bojack to Tuca is that like Tuca Birdie always uh, season one definitely felt like it was dealing with these serious topics, but also like keeping it much more lighthearted, much more optimistic than Bojack sometimes was doing. And I think that that still is an important piece. That's so it's just one episode, but it's still around, and I really appreciate it for that. So Tuca and Birdie what is. It's just it's a delight to to have it back from the dead. Like there was a there's a time we thought like it was gone forever, but there's a season two. So I'm I'm really excited to see how it goes. Um, see if there are any more obvious tone changes. Like, uh, um, the preview we got for episode two had some blurred out um uh, breasts. So like we'll see like if, if there's much of much of a difference in terms of how open they can be with sexuality, which was a thing that season one talked a lot about. But uh, uh, overall, I am very hopeful. I think that the, the premiere was very strong, and I, I think that it is capable of keeping that momentum. Yeah, I think it was great. Yeah, potentially more like kept the thematic weight of the end of season one. That was like yeah, maybe they built up to that, and so maybe maybe that's what we're getting at a little bit. But that's that's I feel like that's what I'm looking for this season, like keeping that um, like heavy kind of element to it. Um, so in that regard, I definitely really like the premiere. Um, so we'll check back in more to Converti coming every week. Uh, another show that concluded, uh, this for good this time, Castlevania's final season, season four, uh, dropped a little while ago and a lot to take in. But overall, Alex, what did you think of it? Um, I think it was solid for a finale. Um, I think if you made me pick, I'd probably still go with like seasons one or two but like season four it, it definitely has its strong moments i mean my my favorite moment of season four was uh, isaac and carmilla's showdown i just i really enjoyed the the lead up to that fight the choreography of the fight itself like the, the way the way it all went down so i really enjoyed that i think that the finale fights were also pr- pretty good um, the the story kind of, you know kind of lost me at times, uh, but that's like that was also an issue with with season season three too. So um, so but but like Castlevania was obviously very um, you know the the style was just very nice to watch. It's like the one show that I am I am okay with watching that is really bloody just because I feel like it does it in a particularly you know artistic way. I don't know, <laughs> but I, and I, it, it kept it kept that it kept that well. Um, a little bit more a la carte um, uh, I, than I was uh, bracing myself for, so I appreciated um, his inclusion in this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, of course, Saifa is always uh, a, a delight, and she, she has some great moments, especially early in the, in the season, as she's uh, very exasperated. Uh, so uh, there, there's there's a lot to, to like with, se- with season four. I think Castlevania was a pretty good show. That ended for very understandable reasons, and I um, am gonna miss it because it was it was fun to watch. We got the spinoff coming, which we we know is uh, well, the contents of at least a little bit now, so that'll be exciting. Um, yeah, I thought the story specifically was pretty mediocre this season. I would say that at some high points, but uh, the thing I want to emphasize is I feel like this was like an all-time great action season of television, like potentially like an all-time high for this show, culminating in episode nine, which is one of the most incredible action episodes I've seen of animation. Uh, period. Long time in a long time period, just, it's just incredible uh, start to finish action-wise in episode nine. 
uh, like four love levels and arguably even beyond of incredibleness. Those are going to be my two things I remember from Castlevania uh, episode wise. Um, and just the action was amazing throughout the season. So like powerhouse animation did such an incredible job this season. Um, yeah. And like, I agree that I like I, I, the, the Isaac Carmillo, incredible action wise, a lot of questionable story stuff. I think a lot of the story stuff um, influenced by it ending sooner than they expected. So I think we're missing a lot here. Um, but yeah, good, good, good stuff regardless and excited for the spinoff in, of Castlevania. Um, another Netflix show, we got the second season of Love, Death and Robots, uh, which is like half of the second run of episodes, which will get the other half mm-hmm. uh, next year. Um, Alex, any takeaways from this season? Um, if you had to pick two episodes to watch, I would definitely recommend the De- the Drowned Giant. I feel like that was a very um interesting tone of of an episode, very uh, very subdued, but at the same time like using animation well to convey like the mundaneness of something that you get used to over time. Like it's a, it, it was an interesting concept, so I enjoyed that one. Uh, I also enjoyed the. Um, uh, all through the house that that's like a christmas parody one i just thought like it, it captured the tone pretty well while turning it into its into its own own thing and like the the animation itself was was pretty nice uh and uh, to a lesser extent ice like that that's a very like ice I, i'm not exactly a fan of the short itself but i think that it represents what love death and robots like the the but the best part about it is like these kind of shorts would usually be like uh, relegated to like animation festivals like that like displays kind of shorts with unique styles but the fact that this kind of stuff is accessible on Netflix to like pretty much anybody in the world like that just feels like a positive thing for the state of animation so uh, so ice is just it, it's it's interesting to to look at and to like the it, it definitely captures pretty well like the feel of being isolated and trying to trying to like reaching out for any connection possible so th- those are the those are the three i'd recommend love death and robots like season one very hit or miss but that's the nature of an anthology like you're shooting in all different directions so it's uh, it's important to try to find the high spots and i think that there are definitely some in season two even though it's shorter nice uh april do you remember any of the three episodes we watched of love death and robots uh, oh my gosh! Oh, you, was, you got you guys watched them together. <laughs> just, just, I think I think half of the season. I was going to highlight customer service. The first episode, I thought that was the most <gasps> yes, fun one to me with the, the killer room, room Roomba. Um, that one was also very frustrating because. <laughs> that, that, that that's also like leaning towards like purposefully ugly um the character design which like is a choice you know i, like, I liked it i liked it i'm sure yeah. it works for somebody i do uh, yes i remember that one what were the other ones i uh there's one about there people who are immor- the- immortal i thought that was like the most interesting like store like the concept the pop in pop squad um well and i remember the one with the the whale or something like yeah, that yeah that was ice yeah 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 um mm-hmm. So yeah. you watch the first three episodes. Yeah, first three. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they mixed up the order. Remember they did that? Um, uh, yeah. But uh, no, yeah. And I, I all throughout the house, the, the short Christmas, I think that was the best one. But I, I feel like I feel like it was le- less highs than last season, but more consistent. That would be my analysis. Um, but, you know, it just depends what you like. It's, you know, anthology series. So looking forward to the back half of Love, Death, Robot season two. Continuing quickly, uh, The Mitchells versus The Machines, a big animated movie came out again on Netflix. Uh, people really love this one. Um, more, maybe some more mixed reactions from our community. But Alex, what's your short review? 
Uh, yeah, like visually uh, interesting. Like it's going like you know it's made by the same studio as Spider Verse, so like it has that kind of feel like you know copying from comic books. I think that the main main character uh, Katie is very compelling. I, I like her chemistry with the with the little brother. Uh, I wish there had been more focus on that because the main emotional storyline of her and her dad feels very um, very well well trodden territory that doesn't really say anything new about uh, generational gaps and oh, the kids and their technology. Like it, it doesn't feel like it's uh, doing enough different to really interest me on that front. Um, but it, yeah, so like I, I understand why animation people love it and I'm sure it'll get like a nomination of best animated feature for the Oscars. But like as a, as a watching experience, it was, it was fine but like the don't 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 set your expectations too high is what i'd urge people if they're gonna check it out yeah i think it really depends who you are uh for me it's like incredibly frustrating thematically movie uh but that being said gorgeous and yeah katie's great character i love the killer furbies in the mall scene in the middle that's my highlight of the movie i love the furbies so much um and there's like sidekick robots that are really funny but um yeah uh, could get into it a lot but i think very frustrating thematically for me um witch dragon another again another netflix movie this one just came out uh this is like uh aladdin in shanghai um with uh, like chinese characters uh very very fun movie this one is actually of the like oscar like calendar year fe- uh marching onwards this is my favorite animated movie so far wish dragon i thought it was really mm. fun really really fun i recommend it very solid story extremely tight almost like too solid i wish we spent more time with the characters at the end but like love the main uh two characters and the dragon or uh he's the, he's the one i mean too but it's just just very very fun very solid movie uh if ladybug shanghai fans uh the even more prominent use of the uh oriental pearl tower which we talked about in that podcast uh oh even even gosh. even bigger in this apparently that's the thing in shanghai because both of the shanghai <laughs> things i've seen are, are all over that they go inside it in this one oh man uh, got watch it for the tower. I'm t- no, does but no. It's, I think it's really fun. I recommend it. Um, I, I believe Kipo co-creator Rad Seacrest is involved. Yeah, yeah he's a, he was the head of story, and I do think like story wise, this was a very very uh, good. Um, yeah, uh, so you check it out for Rad. Uh, Alex, uh, where are we with Fruits Basket season three? Yeah, so Fruits Basket is my guilty pleasure at this point. Like it, it's. It, it, if you thought this anime was a soap opera before, it, it turns the dials up to 11 in this season. A lot more slapping, a lot more uh, pained inner monologues, um, a lot more violence. Uh, so, like, um, it, it, it's definitely... It, it always leaves me with a feeling after every episode, like, what, why is everyone reacting so so harshly to everything? And why does everybody have mommy issues? But, like, at the same time, <laughs> it's, like, very cathartic. So, like, yeah. So, um, th- uh, obviously, there, uh, um, there are a lot of uh, problems with Fruits Basket that have been discussed in older uh, podcasts here on Overly Animated. But, like, and just as something that, like, I can turn off my brain for a little bit and just let the the wave of emotions come over me of uh, everybody, like, acting like everything's about to fall apart. Fruits Basket Season 3 has been good for that. So, uh, oh, and um, Momiji has an, is now an adult, apparently. So that's cool. Oh. 
Okay. Is that, is that going to make you catch up, April? I mean, I'm going to get caught up either way. It's just... oh, so, so, is that a spoiler, April? <laughs> no, I'm okay. I promise. <laughs> he's he's big. He's tall. He can finally compete with the other boys. Aw, sweet. Sweet, innocent Momiji. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the Fruits Basket catch-up. That is all for our what watching. I had to go quick through some things. I apologize, but glad we got uh, to talk a little bit about all these those things. It's time to go move on to our main segment on the Owl House. Thanks, Alex and April. No problem. Hoot, hoot. Hoot, hoot. Okay, it's time for our main discussion on the Owl House Season 2, our first podcast on uh, the Owl House's second season, which is just starting airing. And I am now joined for this discussion by Beatrice Murad. Hello. And Sarah Dolman. Hello. Yes, we're excited to talk about the first two episodes of The Owl House, Separate Tides and Escaping Expulsion, um, which have aired these past two week, uh, two weeks. Uh, Alice is going to be airing on Saturday mornings. Um, we are releasing this on Saturday, as mentioned, um, because uh, the, these first two episodes were screened at a uh, online panel, and so a lot of people have seen them. So now we are talking these first two. Normally, we'll be releasing on Wednesdays, though. So um, we have two episodes, and then also the uh, a, a bunch of news that uh, transpired a little while ago, and trailers, and um, just every, all, all you need to know about the Owl House, we'll talk about at the end of this discussion. But we are going to start by talking about Separate Tides and Escaping Expulsion. So spoilers for these two episodes, if you have not yet watched them. Um, make sure you have checked out the second one since I know this is coming out uh, right away uh, after the second one. So let's get into uh, the beginning of Alhouse season two, starting off generally. Um, you know, we had a lot of discussions during the off season about that last we have speculated away and now it is here. Now we have seen at least the beginning setup of what the season has to offer. Uh, Beatrice, what have you thought of how the season has began? Like what a way to start, you know? What a what a what a wonderful wonderful way to start. Um, the first episode set the tone like so well. It just kind of threw us back into that first season, like from where the first season left off. And then the second episode gave us like the th- like some like gave us of the thing we've all wanted to see. <laughs> so it's kind of like you know just very satisfying. I you know I don't know. It's like. The sh- the the showrunners are just have like their pulse on the fandom and know exactly what we want, and they do justice by the story and what needs to happen for the story's sake, but they also do justice by like, you know, giving us what we want. Nice. Okay, so you were very very positive reaction to the beginning. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we'll dive into what else it is the fans want besides. I think Lumity was uh, implied in part of that. Um, <laughs> was it? Was I not clear? <laughs> no, I thought you meant Hootie. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Yeah, I mean, I the friendship, the friendship of is, is like the star of these two episodes. I think. Oh wow! Okay, even <laughs> look, okay, we're gonna get into it. obviously, but you know. Oh, okay. I mean, to some people, that's not an exa- I, I, that's not going to be an exaggeration. It. There's some big hoodie stands. Okay, uh, Sarah, what what did you think of these as the first episodes of the season? Oh my goodness! Yes, I was just so excited to watch these episodes. They were so 
so well done as a beginning to the to the season. And I think they did such an incredible job, like Beatrice said, with establishing the tone, but also just getting us back into the group of where these characters are at, what their stories are right now, what their relationships are right now, and what we're going to be excited to see continue to develop in this season, particularly Lumity, but also the, you know, uh, Hootie and Lilith friendship and you know just everything is so great and i just can't wait to talk about it okay two hootie mentions in the beginning that'll appease some people that's good <laughs> uh, no it was definitely a highlight of the two episodes a strong hootie start but um i assume that's not where we'll start with with the episodes now i also enjoyed these as a beginning to the season i thought separatized was a fun premiere um i think it, it is a good episode i think that set a lot up uh very well and uh, it kind of went the route of the kind of so, so a one-off kind of fun adventure to start a season, which I've seen a bunch of shows do. And I think it was it was a good call. I think it was fun. And then escaping expulsion, I wasn't necessarily expecting uh, to get the big Lumity episode right away. I was hoping um, to bring Amity into the fold quickly, and I think it was kind of beyond a lot of our expectations um, that we kind of got into in the the past uh, half a year, to, uh, wondering where we're going to go with with uh, these two characters. And uh, I thought that was an incredible episode i really like escaping expulsion um so yeah i think these are these are both really strong episodes definitely like losing amity is what stands out to me from them the most but uh i found myself i i think uh, another big point is like to me season one i really connected with amity and losing amity and lose loses character uh not maybe some of the other aspects of the show not quite as much as some other people but I, what i would say is these two episodes did uh grip me with a lot of different aspects of the show in ways uh, that i think improved on season one so i think that uh there was a lot of um good stuff with like the developing mythology with the eden lila stuff i thought that was like very strong in these two episodes i was very happy about that um, and I think we are going to get into to all of that. I think we basically covered my next question already, which was like, how do these work as a, as a start to the season? Um, Beatrice, any other any other further comments on this? Are we moving um, at the right pace uh, to start the season? I think so. I think, you know, there were a lot of questions at the end of season one of is there going to be a time jump? Um, like, are they going to be on the run? Like, what's going to what? How does this work? And that first episode answers a lot of those questions in a very efficient way. Um, so so there's just these little choices that they made that even though, yes, it's a one-off episode, it's like a one-off adventure, like it establishes so many things for that second season that I think were was very, very effective. I was very impressed with the efficiency. Nice. Yeah, Sarah, do you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I think like what you sort of alluded to that they also really – did a good job of starting to kind of build up this sort of or, or further build up what our understanding is of the lore and what the magic is, as well as the sort of what's going on with the covens and sort of hinting at Bellis doing something, you know, sinister with the with the portal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something. We'll we'll talk about that. Maybe more information from the trailer later on. But um, yeah, if you take these two episodes as a pair, I think we check in on like basically all the characters really well. So I think I think it's really good. Um, yes, episode one. It's it's a good exposition episode, checking back in on on all the characters where they're at, answering all these questions we had. Um, I think that like you know we we figure out who the new character introduced at the end of last season was, and he makes a strong presence right away in the show. We kind of learn the the status of where everyone's at in relation to Bellos. I, I, you know, I, the only, the only thing I would say is like, 
it does feel a little um, weird to me starting off in such a calm place after the chaoticness of the end of last season. Um, You know, I was wondering, like, as because I speculated during the offseason, are they going to be on the run now? Like, doesn't Bellos have to get them? And the answer is like, no, he doesn't really care, which is, I think, fine. But it is I think it's a little jarring um, just uh, to see this as like the the status of things after the end of last season left uh, a lot of these heavy plot things unresolved. But I think it has to be like this. So I think I feel like they did a good, good a job as they could have, um, assuming that we're going to start from like a, a status quo and then build on that throughout the season. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, they started off with with Ida saying, like, you know, I, you know, trying to sort of reestablish herself. But they're like, well, we're not afraid of you anymore because you don't have your magic. And I think that's partly why they're not like the emperor isn't just like going after Ida because she's, he thinks that she's just been tamed. Yeah, I thought that was a good explanation. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think, yeah, I think episode one really does a lot of legwork and explaining a lot of things with a lot of characters. Um I think I think like the only criticism like main, what I might give is like it's very explicit with the themes. I think with a lot of these characters, I think there's some very like overt lines about like where they're at emotionally, which I appreciate because I think it's easy to get into the analysis now of them. But uh, you know, I, and you know, I think it's it's a kids show, so it's gonna be like that to a certain extent, no matter what. Right. But um, yeah, but it it's like it, it it wasn't aiming for subtlety. I think it was like that the first episode trying to be very clear in what's going on with everyone, which I think is the right call. Um, where do we want to start? Like, do we, do we want to dive into Lumity right away? I think it's, it's going to feel a little dis- d- uh, different from the rest of the topics we have to get into. Um, I feel like here's my argument for why you should talk about Lumity first, uh, is that this is good. This podcast going up right after episode two. I think this is what's going to, what's going to be on everyone's <laughs> minds right now. Um, so is that a good enough reason, Beatrice, to start with, with everything with Lumity? You don't have to convince me okay. to start with Lumity. Like, you like it's you don't have to okay. work too hard okay i think sarah's good too on that so let's, yeah. let's okay let's let's get into this uh, i think this is why a lot of people we're gonna click on the the video um so we're gonna go over all the lumi moments don't worry we're not just talking about luzanami we are also going to talk about the golden guard and Luz, Ida, and lilith and Adalia and Alator, those are kind of the main topics I've spelled out. And you can check the, as mentioned, check the podcast description for times when we are talking about all these topics. Big progress in the advancement of our uh, ship relationship, potential relationship, Lumity, in episode two here in Escaping Expulsion. Let's quickly go over the main highlights, I think, um, of this episode, which is from like a romance perspective, I think the big thing, the big uh, progression is we see Luz blush at Amity for the first time, twice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I think, I, I don't think any of us uh, in our Lumity speculations during the ops, I don't think any of us predicted this would happen so early. Um, so some sort of like evidence of Luz's feelings for Amity. Now, what they're going to discuss, does she know it? Is this just a reaction? Does she know this is, does she know, uh, she might have a crush on her or is this, um, just the, the heat of the moment and we might get more information as the season goes on. Um, but I think that was like the most exciting thing to see. Um, but uh, just they, they, you know, they fight this, uh, Abomaton robot together. They, they blush each other. Uh, Amity comes down. Stay away from my lose, she says, um, which pr- prompts the the blush from lose. And then uh, 
they uh they they, they fight together they uh are smiling at each other on the ground um and this is all after like some angst uh plot line before that too with um amity in relation to her parents and her parents trying to uh get lose out of the way as as uh so she wouldn't be a distraction towards amity which is another answer to something we were talking about a lot in the off season which was you know like is there going to be any sort of like homophobia human phobia from amity's parents um and it seems like their answer is uh it's she, they just don't want Luz to be like in the way of their goals for their daughter regardless of any of that uh not not getting into any of that stuff you know um so uh yeah a lot a lot of like work here beaches what was your what, what were your reactions to these moments what's your what's your big highlight from the, this episode well i agree that the biggest thing was like the reciprocation right it, i you know we we discussed of whether or not she would be aware how long it would take for if Luce would ever reciprocate her feelings. And it, the fact that that we did get a blush so quickly to just acknowledge an attraction um, was very surprising and very exciting to see. I don't know if the blush came from Am- uh, Amity saying, get away from my Luce. I think it came from her be- having like, you know, her standing, yeah, fr- standing like, in front of her. Yeah. And then looking over her shoulder being like, are you okay? And being all cool, being all cool and heroic. And like, yeah. being like, cause Lu- that I feel like that's Luce's type is like the heroic, cool, <laughs> like, checks out, yeah. you know, edgy <laughs> kind of character, you know, that's, I feel like that's what she's into. So, um, but yeah, I, that was really the main takeaway. The fact that we got multiple instances of that, um, I hope because Luce has shown time and time again that she has a lot of emotional intelligence. She's very much aware of her feelings. Like an example is in, in that first up ep- in the first episode of season two, where like she starts to doubt herself. She's like, Oh, this is all my fault. Well, I can't change the past. I got to look forward into the future. It's like, okay, you have like a healthy uh, relationship with like your in that inner voice that kind of that everybody has, it kind of talks down to you, you know, that, you know, that like self doubt voice that everyone has of like, Oh, you can't do this. You can do that. She's good at blocking that out and moving forward. So I, I'd like to hope that similarly, she will be aware that she's attracted to Amity. Um, whether that develops into how quickly that will develop into something else or whatever, I'm excited to see, but that was for me, the main takeaway, um, of it all. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah, what about you? What was what was your biggest reaction? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, definitely Luz blushing and Amity blushing and, like, you know, it's that moment of, like, oh, my God, like, this girl, like, just came up and wants to defend me and is make, wants to make sure that I'm okay. And, you know, it's that just overwhelming sensation of, like, oh, my goodness, like, this she's so cool and she actually does like care about me after all of the sort of angst of the episode of like you know loose wanting amity to and asking amity to 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 help and amity being like i can't and then amity like you know braves that and says no i actually am gonna help loose and and you know helps to defeat the the abomaton and yeah so i i did really loved that and I, and I also loved Amity bringing a, a gift to to Luce yeah, at the beginning of the episode as well <laughs> just like here have his cake I sort of shies away blushing can't even look because it's just you know such a sweet gesture but you know it's a, a dead fairy cake and Luce can't eat that <laughs> 
Yeah, loses uh, dietary preferences discussed in the previous episode or restrictions. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, th- I thought uh, this was like, to me, this just like totally seemed like a full follow up to what we saw in Wing It Like Witches uh, following up from Grom, like uh, like just fully interspersed throughout the episode, um, starting off with that. Yeah, Amity baking her the, the pie as as a great uh, follow up to her still uh, still being like blushy, and then we we see the the season element come into play with Amity's parents and how she reacts to that, and then we get like one of our biggest uh, sequences with the two of them with that fight and and the blushes from Luz and everything there. So um, I think this was like uh, you know as even I guess at some point I was hoping for them in the first episode, but I feel like this is more than any of us could have asked for from a first check-in on them this season um so i i was thrilled uh with it and yeah lose blushing i think that was um it was great it was like kind of shocking um just a big moment uh so i'm i'm very excited and um the other reaction gets me to my other kind of main question with with lumi's like this, this gets me very uh uh, hopeful for how this is going to play out this season uh losing amity because um you know, I think we weren't necessarily expecting Luz to potentially reciprocate feelings so early. And presumably this is not going to be, if Amity's not in the next uh, two episodes, it looks like probably not going to be something checked in on right away. Um, but, uh, it's, 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 uh, some in play already, hopefully going to be, uh, f- followed up on in an episode five, uh, which we can go over in a, in a, in a little bit, the, outlook of the next few episodes um but yeah i just i I feel this gets me hopeful that like the show has like a clear path for them this season it's going to be a major part of the season obviously not like a main part of the plot it's like a component that we'll check in on every few episodes i'm hopeful it'll integrate with the main plot at some point or not like like you know getting amity uh more involved in in any sort of main plot that's going on but i'm not sure about that um but uh, yeah, I feel like it's mainly the like the prominence in the episode, and then the the progress with Lou's blushing that gets me hopeful for for this season. Um, what what do you think, Beatrice? Of that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I always it's crazy because I always say, and some I always feel old when I say this, but it's just it it always is so surprising to see just how open this is. You know, because I'm just so, I was just growing up, I'm so used to watching shows where I could just feel the censorship. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's just so, like, it's just so, it's just there. It's just, it's happening. And, like, it doesn't feel, f- like, constricted at all. Um, and I'm just, I... I, 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 I do hope that it does become a... Because I'm just... I'm a fan of drama. So I, I would love for there to be more angst and drama. And like have there have there be more involvement maybe with Amity's parents in the future. That forces Amity to make some uh, hard decisions. But um, yeah, I was just very... Um, I, I feel like I'm I'm repeating myself. I'm just very impressed and pleasantly surprised and with this with the show. Just has that's just been a, con- a consistent thing of just like being just very pleasantly surprised. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree. Sarah, what do you are you are you hopeful more hopeful for uh, Lumity now in season two? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I've been adamant that like this show really does care about Lumity and developing the relationship and and wanting to do so in in such a genuine manner um, that like I didn't really doubt that they were going to, you know, stray too far from, 
you know, telling it as authentically as possible. But I am just really excited that they've picked it up so quickly in the season and that, you know, we see Luz blushing and, you know, we might not, she might not know that Amity has a crush on her, but we definitely can see like explicitly right Mm -hmm. there that like Luz does you know, start to have feelings for Amity. And that's just, like, so exciting. Like, I, I I just, like, can't believe it. But I also can because, like, it's right there. So, yeah, I I, I, I just, like, I do have faith in how the season's going to go and how the future of the show's going to go in terms of bringing them together, for sure. And this was a really great start and brings a lot of hope for me, for sure. Kind of going off of that, like, there have been, like, it's so... Like, I can't see someone seeing these blushes and saying, oh, they're, they're ju- this is just a, a friend thing. Like, this is clearly a romantic, <laughs> this is a platonic thing, rather. Whereas, say, like, in shows, of, some shows of the faraway past, there was still that grayness mm-hmm. of, of, like, oh, you could still write this off as, like, oh, that's just gals being pals. Um, so that the, just by virtue of that explicitness, it makes me feel this sense of security and maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should know better, but like, I do feel very safe in the hands of the show in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like also like, you know, just still what, what Dana has, you know, said herself about what she's intended to do with the show and, that she's had the support of the executives like that still you know it's still in the back of my mind that like you know we're not being you know it's not just you know subtext that's never gonna go anywhere and it's not you know queer baiting because it's intentionally there and it's intentionally explicitly going to be brought out um as far as everything that they're they've shown us so far yeah, and I, I've seen some uh, skepticism from from some people, I think primarily based off of there just being a series of like really uh, disconcerting events with Disney in general with uh, queer representation lately. Um, so I think that people have been uh, uh, have, have reason, reason to distrust how Disney in general has ha- would handle something like this. Um, but that being said, just for specifically the Owl House, um, I like, I do think this is the next in a series of episodes of like, along with, um, yeah. Wing It Like Witches and Grom, where this has been explicit. And we have seen in Grom where, um, Amity's feelings were made explicit by the notes, uh, being revealed. And it's saying she was going to ask Luz, uh, to Grom. Yeah. That was like, are going into explicit territory with this show. And as we've maybe heard from Rebecca Sugar and others, like, once you kind of cross the line into getting, uh, having clear, uh, queer feelings like in play, that's then it's like all bets are off you can kind of do what you want it's just like they they would uh they would try to prevent it before that so like i i i think there's no reason to doubt based off of this episode and the end of last season that this show um has full reign to i think do what it wants with losing amity i i honestly in spite of amphibia in spite of like the what blue skies or whatever like at disney like being terrible like uh I, I, this is separate. Disney's a huge corporation. This is like yeah, an isolated yeah. incident. I have full confidence that this will be, they're, they're going to be able to do what they want with Lumity this season. I honestly yeah. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was just about to say, like, some things that happen are like from like de- different departments and yeah. sub companies within it, like that don't even like interact with one another. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, um, 
Yeah, and like we're we're already here with this show. So like this, exactly. this is a, this yeah. is yeah. happening. Been crossed. This is this is this the has rainbow been happening. path has been passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I also do. I like. I do think it's valid if you are like a fan and you want to be hesitant mm-hmm. to feel totally confident, just because you know. Yeah. There's just such a long history of this yeah, kind of thing yeah. happening. And, and, and exactly. And it's not just Disney itself. It's just historically. It's just, yeah, it, exactly. it's just exactly. something that it's, you know, so it's understandable the res- if people have reservations. But yeah, um, I, I, I agree. But like uh, what I, from my perspective, I'm more uh, in terms of the outlook of Lumity. To me, it's more on like what what does the show intend with with the two of them mm, now? Like that's right. like now what it's up to. Because I feel like they're doing what they want. Like, this episode to me is a sign that we're going to do the plot line that they want Dana and the writers want to do with Lumity this season. So what is it they want to do? I think we talked a lot in offseason, like, it would be so huge if they actually dated during the course of the show. Um, and uh, now we know that the show will have a shorter run than expected. So uh, it's kind of now or never this season in terms of uh, them them dating, um, which I do think we at some point covered in like a podcast in November. At some point, I was like, well, what if we don't have a lot of time, you know, and then right. everyone was like, let's well, then let's do it now, you know. So I think right. the question to me is like, is that something the show wants to do? Because I do think as much as uh, Lumity is a plotline that a lot of us feel maybe the most attached to with this mm-hmm. show, if not like up there, um, this isn't the show's number one priority. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, looking at the next few episodes, as far as as uh, as far as um, we know, uh, Amity won't be in three or episode three or four, and uh, there will be a losing Amity B plot in episode five, which is looks very promising. So uh, we're very excited about that. But then it's possible after that, Amity might not be in you know another three episodes. We don't know yet. But um, it, this is like every few episode thing. So is like them dating or interacting in some romantically significant way something the show even wants to do, or will it just kind of want to? check in with these moments every now and then and to that i'm like honestly not sure yet um Mm. we have seen a lot of them the past uh few episodes in if you want to count the end of season one and now um but uh i don't know i don't know if we're gonna get like the dating arc that uh, a lot of people might want yeah 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 the show doesn't strike me as a romance focused show in the like, say, like Miraculous Ladybug, where like that relationship is very much at the center. Um, at least I feel from. I like that. I like that. Beat, I we did be interested in one mystery episode, and I like that she can now accurately speak to Ladybug. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, like, should I bring it up? I'm going to bring it up. No, you were correct. Um, yeah. You know, but the, with Owl House, I don't think it's ever been like romance has ever been like. I don't think it's ever going to be a main plot point. Um, but. I do think they, but I do think it is an, it is a B plot esque type thread that had that they've made an effort in developing. Mm-hmm. Like they've, it is like the. How can I? How can I express my thoughts? It's not like I don't see like I. If anything, I see it being like so as something that is touched upon like every other episode. Or like every three episodes or whatnot, but the the one thing I'll say in terms of time is that the show has been very good at efficient storytelling. It does a lot with very little time. So sure, we may not get like a four episode arc dedicated to Luce and Amity's first date, but I think of the time I. Th- I think of the time dedicated to the for me the question isn't if it's more of a when 
and it's more of like, okay, is this going to be something where like at the end of this season, it's that they're going to like establish, like is, is they're going to like get together or is it in like one of the season three things is going to be focused on them kind of similar to like, say like adventure time or something with like mm. Marceline and bubbling or and, and bubblegum. Oh my goodness. Um, but, and to me, that's fine. Like I, like I, yes, Lumini is like what I'm most invested in, but like, I also understand what the priorities of the show have always been like what the main priorities have always been which is like Ida and Luce's relationship um the outhouse like, all these mysteries that have been established from the very first episode yeah yeah I think to your point like maybe Luz and Amity dating doesn't mean that we see them dating every episode maybe it's like the B plot of season two episode 16 is them going on a date right? exactly. like, like, and there's well, shenanigans that happen or something. yeah or maybe it like somehow connects to the A plot which has plot or maybe it's just off one off B plot you know like yeah I, th- I could see that version of it for sure um that would that look that would be great um i would would, and and you know it's like are they gonna date you know they're they're kids it doesn't have to be specifically dating could just be further kind of like romantic showings with the two of them in whatever uh capacity that the show is interested in um sarah any any predictions on and how this is going to play out this season yeah i think i'm on the same page as beatrice and, and and i and i totally like like i agree with what you said about like how they're so efficient with what they do and effective with like what doing small uh in a small amount of time making like big strides in 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 developing the limity relationship and so like as much as i would love like just 20 episodes of Lumity dating, <laughs> just relationship slice of life. That's definitely not what the show is going for. And so I'm really just, I will take whatever we get with, with Lumity that, and you know, this, what, what the rest of the show does. I would really love to see them, you know, going on dates and having the relationship be sort of integrated into whatever else is happening. Um, but with it, it, I don't think it'll be a forefront of, of the entire show, but I still think it's going to be really great, whatever they do. Yeah. 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 I agree. And I agree with both of you. And that's like kind of the most likely approach. Like it, it's hard to, it's hard to take stock of. Cause I agree. It's like the show clearly is not specifically romantically in, uh, like romance interested as a main plot. But also if you look at like Grom, like, which is this episode, yeah. it's like such a major component. So it's kind of a little mm-hmm. hard to reconcile those two. Yeah. So those two parts in your head in terms of trying to project outwards. So it's more like, look, let's just like enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think, like, I will say, I do think the way you guys outlined it is most likely. That being said, I'm still going to hold on to a little hope for my like ideal situation, which is um, in this this half season episode. We don't know anything about episodes nine and ten. Maybe those end with like Lumity being a significant component of like a two parter that ends with Amity like being part of the main group now, and then she's uh, she's in most episodes in the second half of the season. That would be like my ideal situation, but I would say that's less likely probably than us continuing. Um, how we are now because this other part of this is just like how present will Lumity, will Amity be in the show just because she right. only really does show up every every few episodes right um, I mean hey the whole like, as I mentioned this entire show it's always been a pleasant surprise to me so there's still hopes maybe they're you know they're moving super fast so maybe that will happen yeah. That's, there's nothing to say that won't happen yeah we'll, yeah we'll, and and, and we still do have like you know Amity's parents' connection to the Emperor's Coven exactly. and and all of the you know Amity you know we're, we'll get into all of the Amity stuff but I think that you know there's definitely plot related things that Amity and her family will have to do and I think that Lumity can integrate into their 
um, as as the plot as well. Yeah. yeah, which I think they did a good job of this episode um, mm-hmm. with the uh, the introduction of the parents and integrating uh, Luz and Amity into into that. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the Lu- Lu- uh, Amity definitely has plot connections, so we'll see how she ties into the future plot. Um, I guess last thing on the future: what how is this going to play out with Luz? Um, Lose blushing at Amity in this episode. We know episode five, they're going to be back in the library, a follow up to the, that library episode from season one. Um, is, and, and we, you know, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but from a different promo, we know they will blush at each other again. Um, is, uh, this going to be addressed in the next episode Amity is in? Are they going to talk about their feelings to any extent? Sarah? <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think there will be some progression of some kind where they maybe recognize that they both have feelings for each other. I think that that's possible. Right. Like the next step is like lose like understanding it. Right. Like that's probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think them being at, in, in some fashion on the same page as each other is is the next logical progression. Yeah. Whether whether or not they confess to each other. I don't know, but I do. I, I, yeah, my guess would be like in episode five, Luz recognizes her feelings for Amity, ideally, hopefully. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, I, ideal case, episode five sets up for the confession. Exactly. Right? Like, it, like, it like yes. gets us to the point where that is a thing that could happen in whatever yes. episode that will next happen. L- Amity, L- Luz figures out. She has feelings. Amity maybe recognizes that Luz has feelings. That could create ideal conditions for that sort of thing progressing. Yeah. yeah. See, but would Amity recognize the Luz's feelings for her? I feel like they're both also even. I think they're both like. Is, very, is Amity less dense than Luz in this that, area? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's more dense. They both have their moments. Amity's supposed to be smarter. Okay, but, but some intelligence when has nothing to do with Luz, density. <laughs> density. <laughs> density. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> You know, you get like the, the only sure thing is we we know Luz is super dense already, and we just, I just have some hope with Amity, but, right? Like that. I'm sure, like Einstein was like hit on by a woman, and then he had like no idea. You know, I'm sure. You know, sometimes geniuses yeah. have moments where they just can't read a room. Is you it know, not, yeah, kind of contradicts this this ability in some way. Yeah, okay. you can have sparts in different areas and be less yeah. smart. Than Exactly. Yeah, for sure. But exactly. yeah, you know, look, Amity can do it all. We'll see. We'll see if she can figure it out. <laughs> Oof, who? What if Amity recognizes that Luz is like blushing at her before Luz even knows? You know, then how does she? Pro- that would be an interesting see, situation. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Amity may is like, yes, yeah, she's like an like an A plus nerd student, but she's also a jock. You know, so like there has to be a moment for her to be like the dense jock. Is yeah. Amity you know? a himbo? <laughs> That's what I was thinking I, too. Yeah. Himbo esque <laughs> qualities. You know, perhaps, perhaps we have to see. <laughs> is Luz a himbo? Okay, we don't need to get into all this. I think I called Ida himbo in one podcast, and there's a spirited debate about that. Okay, um, we'll check back in on the himbo meter on everyone. Uh, let, yeah, la- wrapping up the the Lumity. Uh, any any last things? Um, just just the 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 whole sequence with the them fighting the Abomaton. So wonderful. Um, it really was. Yeah. And, I, and and you know, the inks leading up to it too was just I think it was just really well done to just tug at your tug at your feels and think that, you know, you know, Luce really wants Amity to help her and Amity yeah. Amity wasn't wasn't brave enough, but in the end she was and it was just so wonderful. <laughs> okay, like two two points. Two things, two things. One is how heartbreaking was it like in that early in the episode when like 
Luce is being dragged away, and Amity, yeah. and then like, like she Amity's calls out for Amity, yeah. and, Amity just... and then you know it's like the heart, like Amity's mom, like putting her hand on her shoulder and looking at Luce, being like, no, no, and it's just that was very like, I mean, all, you can so easily like take that moment and make it like take put that in the real world and put that with like I don't know, like the parent who like rejects the love interest, like I don't know, there's just that moment resonated um and the second one was when like loose gets down on one knee <laughs> it has to help her pick up all amity's stuff but like the way amity runs away like i just was like is this like her saying no to her proposal like oh, what no. is this imagery don't say that <laughs> loose walks away so dejectedly yeah. oh, i was so sad like, you can edit in, in like a ring and that's basically what it is <laughs> Not to, say, like, listen, it, yeah. not to say, listen, not to say that, like, because, again, this is, like, this is probably, like, their first, like, relationship, you know? So, who knows? But, like, also, that's that's what the image reminded me of. Interesting. Okay, you already go into the wedding fic. No, okay. no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm of the, hey, let them, let them grow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then in the specials, then they can get married. I mean, if there's a time jump. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if there's, like, a time jump and they have, like, older designs. That would be so cool. Okay, yeah, sorry. we've seen a lot, of, a lot of older designs. Yeah, um, and fa- fan art. Yeah, so uh, we've seen would, other shows do this too—a time jump at the end. So it would be like, exciting. Like a time jump that's like, but not like at the end, like an epilogue type thing. No, no, no. Like that, the entire episode is yeah, like their like time. Season jump two stuff. to three is a time jump, and then the specials are yes. time jumps. Yeah. Yes. That would be so cool. I, I'm always in favor of that. That'd be fun. Okay, we'll, yes. we'll do some more. I feel like you've been a long advocate for the the time jump. I always I always love the time jumps. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Especially in this situation when um when the show's uh, kind of ending, like it's a short and final season. That'd be a great time. The, by the, the only other thing I was going to say in terms of the outlook of Lumity, just because I forgot, is like I I don't know when the writers knew that they weren't getting a full yeah. final season. So I think that make that comes into play here. Like did like yeah. ha, did they know halfway through the season or something and could adjust the, the trajectory of losing Amity? So I think that's something to that we'll see how that plays out. Um, okay, one more thing I just want to shout out to Molly, one of the the writers of of the of the escaping expulsion episode who's our you know our queen of writing lumity episodes yeah uh, probably probably this is her last episode uh we didn't know that we we knew she was leaving this at the beginning of the season we didn't know she would like get the half episode credit here so that was exciting to see um but this very much felt like like i said very much felt like the follow sequel to like her end of season one episode so was, that was great yeah for molly yeah i wasn't i was i didn't know if there was going to be another one of her episodes so i was very excited yeah yeah. So, I, and and honestly, I mean, you know, like show shows are uh, amalgams of contributions for many people. So, not to place yeah. too much evidence on any one person. But that being said, knowing that Molly, this is like probably Molly's last Lumity episode. I am interested to see how the show does Lumity without like Molly writing it, because she has been such a vital force thus far to, to Lumity, or at least as like writing credits for the major episodes. So, mm-hmm. um, inter- interested definitely to see how that how that works the rest of the season. Um, okay. Let's uh, move on from Lumity. I'm sure we'll reference it in other aspects, especially we still haven't gotten into Amity's parents uh, fully yet. Yeah. But uh, I think a lot of people have been talking about this new character this season, uh, the Golden Guard. I think already a fan favorite. Um, He is um, the main antagonist this season. I don't know. Maybe at least the one at the beginning of the season. He is the character that was introduced at the end of last season, I'm pretty sure, which 
I think I screwed. Uh, I mean, I don't. I think we we all talked about this in the wrong way because I was calling him the spy at the end of last season, right? Um, and does not seem like he's really doing any spying uh, here. Seems like You're he's sort not- of spying on Luce as she joined the on the ship. Yeah. I guess, yeah, he, he quickly reveals himself. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. So well, more like know, just making che- checking in on them than spying on them. Reveals himself, though. He's still wearing a mask. I don't consider the reveal until we see what's under mm, that mask. Okay. You, we, we got, we get in the intro, the new intro, we get a glimpse of uh, like some blonde hair or something. So. Oh, do we really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so people, <laughs> people already been drawing the fan art of the Golden Guard. Um, Beatrice, what do you think of the Golden Guard so far? Well... Hearing about the blonde hair kind of like because I was still thinking like maybe one of the twins is the golden guard and there's like some sort of thing happening. But hearing that now I have to rethink my feelings (laughs) for him. That would have been such a fun theory, though. Right. Like it could have been like it could have been. um, I don't know. It could have been really cool. But I I understand. It's it's fine. Um, I think he's fine. I think um, like personally. Like I've never been the type to 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 like to I'm not like in terms I'm not the fan who would favorite his that archetype of a character, you know the kind of like bad boy who has this sort of edge and like that's never been the character for me. So I thought he was fine. Um, hopefully he and clearly he's like he is a threat. He isn't someone who's just there. He's he was able to 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 like threaten uh loose and Ida. so um i'm interested to see what he does um but yeah i'm i i personally am more interested to see what th- i'm more interested to learn about the emperor than i am about him okay interesting what about you sarah yeah i mean it didn't leave a huge impression on me i'm also not like i guess maybe it's not my favorite archetype but i i, I thought it was fun and i thought you know I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going um with the, the, with what this whole Golden Guard coven situation is, for sure. Okay, I'll 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 be the Golden Guard stand. I'll, I'll <laughs> okay, 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 cool, cool. I think he's super fun. I think I like the kind of charismatic, kind of more silly sort of villain. He's not like you know, he doesn't feel the need to like capture them. I guess he's in the position where he's just watching them, you know, but he's more just like trolling than anything and making sure they don't get out of line. He's not like, he's a threat. He's clearly like, uh, not to be trifled with. I think is what Beatrice is getting at, but he's not like, uh, he's not trying to hurt them right now. So he can just be like a fun antagonistic force for a while. I think that's, that's, I always, I kind of like that character. Um, I think he's, he's voiced by Zeno Robinson, who we know from, uh, Craig of the Creek. He's the green poncho. I love his voice. Uh, so like, I, I think, I think he's got a lot going for him. Uh, maybe he's like a pretty boy underneath. Uh, that would be pretty fun if he takes off the, the owl mask. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is a good foil to like Ida Lilith is like the the young upshot uh, boy, like right, like in uh, who's who's who, like the prodigy. I think I think it's a good choice as like a foil to them, and I'm sure he will get his comeuppance. Um, and I'm I guess skeptical. Yeah, skeptical. He's going to be like this major threat for a long time. Um, I do think the Emperor's probably still more intriguing. But uh, yeah, I like that we know that he's the, he's the the head uh, emperor's coven head replacement for Lilith. We we're talking about who would that be over the off season, um, and then uh, he we I think he's integrated well into the end episode too when he takes the abomatons uh, away from the blights uh, for Bellows, right. which is which is interesting. Um, so uh, I, I also like like putting him into the first two episodes pretty clearly. I think they should continue that, make a strong. Uh, uh, presence with the this new character right away what if he has like 
five eyes or something. What was that? Eye what if eyes? he has like five eyes? Five yeah. eyes. Oh, he could. Yeah, we don't really see his actual face. We just see like you know. the side of it. Yeah. Yeah, people make you, if yeah. you're making a fan art, you shouldn't assume how many eyes he has. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, you know, you, you mentioned Pretty Boy and I was like, yeah, but like this this world has such like icky, monstrous characters. I think it would be really cool if like you think he's going to be a Pretty Boy or maybe he, he is considered very handsome in that world. But like, you know, and then he has like monstrous features or something yeah yeah is is yeah you get, and on the boiling aisles you cannot assume that anyone looks like any in any particular way yeah. um that yeah that would be fun if, if he yeah like the mask has to be there has to be hiding his appearance for some reason right like there has to be some mm. not not from like a real life perspective but from like a narrative perspective like there should be some right. reveal yeah coming. exactly five it, yeah multiple multiple eyes that yeah um is is it just that he's like really handsome? Is that the only reveal? Like, there's got to be something. I Maybe like. he's like Ida and Lilith's secret younger brother. Oh, Maybe. I haven't. I, I haven't. I, I like that we. Uh, we yeah. Again, referencing the discussion and the podcast, we are going to meet their mom soon. Uh, so that might tie into the themes this season. Okay, I like that. Maybe he's like. He's he's like Amity's cousin or something. Hmm. Yeah, could uh, could he tie into the blights? Yeah, yeah. I think we're looking for some. I, I like I like some tie to the the established characters. I think that'd be fun. Um, yeah, it's like why 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 is he here? Why is he here and not Kiki Mora? All right, like like you could have just put that random character into this role. I feel like. Um, so like, what's what's going? There there should be. There's probably a grander narrative purpose with this character. Oh my god, he's Hootie. <laughs> He's like Hootie. Hootie has like a split personality that split from the, the rest of him and manifested itself into the golden hood figure. Yeah. Look, anything's <laughs> possible with Hootie. I cannot rule that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Like people are going to like the Hootie theories. That's good too. What, what, do we th- what do we think of as we continue to think about the reveal? What do we think about the move of um, – like, uh, I guess it's like an obvious move. If you're an emperor trying to consolidate power, you take away the weapons from, um, I guess the blights are not, we learned they're not like directly working for Bellows, right. um, like a lot of people assumed. Um, so, uh, you take away the, we- the like big weapons from them. Um, but it's just interesting about the world building, right? Like we learned that like, they're like a prominent family for a coven, uh, that so the covens aren't all inherently tied to Bellos, um, but yeah. they do defer to him in the end. Um, and also that he's still kind of taking things over. He's still in the process yeah. of that. Although in episode one, you know, we comment that um, Bellos is more in control than ever now. Is, right. is So uh, I think get, slowly getting more information, I think, on how things work uh, politically, I guess, in the Boiling House. Weirdly enough, I feel like it gives it- – the fact that he's taking these weapons, these like ab- abominations from them makes me, it gives me hope that perhaps, maybe not for the greatest of intentions, they may turn against him in the future. The like blights? They're, yeah. They're may, yeah. Because they're not directly linked to him. So even though maybe they're not going to like, maybe there will be a, a situation where there's going to be some sort of revolution or something. And I can see the Covens revolting against him, perhaps. And I feel like 
that the Blights might take advantage of that situation to place either Amity as the Coven head or like play increase their influence by also wanting him gone. So it may not be for the best reasons why they would join up with, say, Ida and Luce, but that could be something I could see develop because they're not working directly with him and he's actually, in anything, he's taking the business. I'm, I don't know if he's paying for the abominations or if he's just taking them. So yeah. like, he's just taking them, then like that's not going to be great for them. I, I think or it's it, it, the ties more, but yeah, yeah. I think it's news that is it's news that the the blights are not inherently tied to Bellows or like in, in working like alongside him. So I think let, let's let's do uh, discuss Amity's parents now, as that's a good tie into what we're talking about here. So we meet uh, Dahlia and uh, Alador, um, and. Uh, yeah, like I think this concept of, and we'll go into more details in a second. But yeah, this concept of like they might turn against Bellows that that seems that seems possible. Interesting that there uh, we reveal a main motivation with them at the end of the episode where uh, Alador eventually uh, gets Adalia to lay off of like getting rid of Luz because um, there it seems like their ultimate goal is they want Amity to be the Coven head. Mm-hmm. Uh, is so it seems like they want to gain in it's it's well that's okay on this that's like getting into speculation but like so it seems like ultimately they want uh amity to be a coven head that's like a main motivation of theirs um that would lead like they want to gain more influence like with the emperor emperor with like the situation we don't really know um yeah what was uh, thoughts on that it seems like they're in it for the money right <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you do you see this as a follow up to them trying to get the uh like the Bamatan sold? Like that was like a like a financial motivation, yeah. But is is the Amity being a coven head? Is that like also a financial motivation? Hmm. I don't know. I think more than financial motivation. Motivation. It's more of just influence, power. Mm-hmm. I mean, which are which is intrinsically tied to money and 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 wealth. But like, I think. Just saying they're in it for the money. I think they're in it for the influence mm-hmm. yeah. and the power that that would bring. And also the the honor, the respect, the the privilege that would be of having someone from your family be a coven head. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems like they, they take the, the Blight family name very seriously. And they, they want to have the greatest honor to their name that they possibly can. Yeah. And I don't know, like, Adelia being, like, this kind of saleswoman, like... Of just constantly that that to me gives me the gives me the impression of someone who's very ambitious, very like mm-hmm. cunning, ambitious, jumps at the chance of an opportunity. Um, so to me, I don't I think for I could see her being having larger plans for her daughter than just simply getting the highest sale of an abomination. Um. Yeah, and I think I think like I agree they're ambitious. They're trying to like promote the family through Amity as like a vehicle towards advancing the family. I guess my big question now is like, are they trying to just curry favor and influence like on the boiling aisles in general, or are they specifically devoted to the emperor? Mm-hmm. Because I think like that's gonna determine whether they would turn against him, how receptive they would be to Ida and anything if the plot advances in that direction. Like they but like, you know, they like bow or whatever to the golden guard at the end and allow him to take the abomitons but is that just because he's in power or are they like actually devotees i'm not sure that the episode is like clear on that yeah i don't think we know just yet i mean the she uh adelia did have to poke um uh 
uh, the father. Alador? Alador. She did have to give, like, bring, come down. You have to kneel. You have to kneel. So maybe there is, like, a... Uh, I, I could see... I, in my interpretation of them is that they are loyal to themselves and they will mm-hmm. do what they need to do to get ahead. And yeah, at the they're moment, a little more independently motivated. Than... Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. I would tend to agree with that. Thinking about it now, uh, bringing in the information from the finale, uh, Bellows only took over 50 years ago. Maybe the Blight's in purpose in the show is to be the kind of like old, like wealthy family who mm. existed before the Bellows takeover and to see right. how the, the, the old power in uh, yeah. Boiling Owls reacts to the the new like Bellows reign. So in that, re- in that regard, they're not going to be loyal to him. They're just like uh, trying to survive and advance in this current context. But, you know, maybe like their ultimate purpose is to turn against him, like the older forces of the Boiling Isles uh, would uh, like they, she Odalia is ultimately going to want to further herself over over Bellows. Um, Here, that, he, here's a thought. Yes, kind of to flip it. Maybe before Bellows came into power, they weren't a well-off family. And he but like appointed them. Exactly. Right. Maybe it might have been like by siding with him, seeing that opportunity of like, oh, this person's going to succeed. Let's mm-hmm. side with him. Now we have this wealth, and now we can like. So that might, if anything, that might counter. That might make them not want to rebel against them unless they see that there might be more. Like an opportunity. An but opportunity yeah, for right. themselves like, to progress without Right, me. like maybe Bellows took away the old money and instituted his own leaders mm, based right. on who was loyal to him. That's a possibility too. I feel like my, like, I think both are possible. My initial read is like, if that was the case, we would have seen more of an emphasis on their devotion yeah. to Bellows in this episode. But, but possible. Yeah, that is totally another direction these types of stories and I guess history can can go in. So um, I think I think that's all really interesting. So like, yeah, let's see what is what is the I, I, like my, my what I was getting to with them is like, what is seeing the Blight parents meta purpose on like the narrative? Um, you know, like uh, we see a specific purpose here, though, in their effect on Amity. Um, I think probably the show is interested in doing a bunch of things at once with them in terms of tying into Bellows, tying into the overall uh, political situation with the Boiling Owls. If like I think a lot of us are assuming that that is the direction that we're going with the plot, but not not completely sure yet. And also, of course, the plot's going to tie into Earth, so that's going to be interesting, too. And with the portal, um, which I think we can come back to. But uh, yeah, another another big purpose of the with this episode is them. uh, uh, spelling out Amity's motivations more. So let's let's talk about the two of them specifically. Specifically, Adalia, as mentioned, salesman. Uh, that she gets introduced as an oracle, which I missed the first time, and I explains, I guess, why she could communicate with the purple necklace to uh, Amity telepathically. Um, so uh, my read is that this is not just anyone can communicate telepathically with the purple necklaces. It's just that Adalia has this ability, um, this magic specialized in. Um, so that's interesting. Also, um, I guess she would, uh, there's an Oracle coven, but are, they're part of the abomination coven. Um, uh, people have probably, t- people probably figured this out already and I'm behind, but, uh, they, they're, they're the blight industry subsidy of the abomination coven. However, there's an Oracle coven, which will probably come into play next episode. Did Adalia marry into the family and choose an Oracle coven or w- which one's the like blight lineage? Do we know this? no i, yeah, I, I don't, don't know <laughs> interesting interesting okay that's my initial guess so we know that adalia from what dana said wants all the kids to have green hair but um that doesn't mean that that's an inherent blight trait i guess well, um, is she the blight or is alador the blight right that's what i'm trying to say yeah i'm not sure oh, oh okay 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's my that's my initial theory. Although I assume this is already outdated, but my initial theory would be she was maybe uh, specialized in the Oracle magic and now is is married into the Abomination stuff. Um, but I mean, yeah, Nalador is the one with the Abomination. Uh, he's he's the the greatest Abomination creator, so he's like definitely of the Abomination track. Yeah. Um, the fact that Adalia can do the Oracle magic must mean that she, yeah, she is part of the Oracle, Oracle coven. coven. That yeah. has to be true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I'm saying I should have figured this out before, but uh, so uh, now I'm figuring it out though. So that's it. That is interesting that um, the the blights are they're all abomination. I guess I'm not. I don't know if they're her her siblings are abomination too off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting dynamic. A lot of people were expecting Adalia to be the the mean one, and they were right. Uh, <laughs> Alador I think comes across relatively well, more like a pushover to Adalia, although he kind of asserts himself in key moments at the end of the episode. Um, Beatrice, over like as as like uh, personalities. What's your what, what were your thoughts on the introductions to these two characters? So I love Alador. Every time he went and to look at a butterfly, just that sign that he there was there's a, a gentleness to him, or like this like like I don't know. I just think they sold him really well. I really liked his personality. Um. But I also, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like abomination makers are kind of also artistic. They're kind of, they're creating these, like, abominations. So there's a Mm. certain, like, artistic flair. So I can see him being, like, scientist, but with, like, the, the kind of zaniness of, like, a, 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 a hipster artist or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know. He, there's just a lot there that I was like, this is, like, really interesting. Um. And so Adelia, she's, she's, she's a, she's, she's a, she's a boss, you know, but I don't, it's usually I love that type of character, but there was just something about that, the ruthlessness. And I think, you know what it was? I think it was because when we were watching Luce fight the abominations, when we were watching her fight abomination Thanos, she was... (laughs) Like you could see that she was hurt, she was bruised. That she there was like the 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 like the scuffs were like drawn in red. So I was worried for her safety. Like I we've seen her like jump and go through crazy things before, but this time like that those small details of her being like really like in a fight really stuck with me, which made me kind of terrified of Adelia and how and it really sold her ruthlessness of and. And I don't know, it just kind of, um, I don't know, I guess it's the, 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 the helicopter parent that really is trying to push their child to be, like, perfection that, um, not that it, it, it turned me off to the character, but I'm excited to see how the shenanigans of Luce and her friends kind of drive her insane and maybe change her ways, if not change her ways, I'm excited to see her f- fall of from grace or something i don't know yeah interesting yes uh follow up on that in a second but yeah sarah what were your initial thoughts on Italian elder yeah i mean <laughs> i like i had seen like before i was like spoiled a little bit on the episodes and i had seen somebody make on youtube make like a fan video of aldor of like every time he like does something kind of i don't know 
in in the way some people would find charming. Like I I I I liked I liked the I liked Alder. Um, I don't I don't like Stan him or anything the way people very quickly did. Um, I thought that was just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, Odalia does seem, you know you know, very unconcerned with, with Luce's well-being. She's like, you know what, I can't, uh, you know, I can't get Luce to stop hanging out with Amity. Well, let's just have Luce be uh, exterminated by the Abomasan. <laughs> like, that's, that's the solution. Like, definitely is a, you know, evil on the on the morality alignment in that regard. Um, but... Yeah, I think, you know, she definitely is, like, I'm definitely interested to see, um, you know, what they do with her character and if she ends up kind of molding her morality a little bit towards a, a, you know, perhaps potentially a little bit more good and not quite so controlling and and ruthless. Yeah. Um, Yeah, in terms of fans' reactions, definitely a lot of people standing Alador uh, so far. Um, And then also people standing Adalia in, like, an appearance way. Um, So that's going on. Um, But, uh, so yeah, I I, I think, like, I think they're fun. I think it's a fun dynamic. I think Adalia comes across somewhat charming, a little bit sympathetic, despite her actions this episode. That being said, I do think uh, I'm reading Adalia with is uh with amity in this episode as like a presentation of kind of an abusive parent relationship yeah um mm-hmm. i think that's like i don't think the show is interested in getting into like that that term and specifically into these dynamics a lot but i think that's like what the uh the telepathic communication is like supposed to represent in my mind is like this is like how Adalia is forcing her will upon her child and not giving her a choice. And then she's mm-hmm. off part putting it in harm's way and then putting her someone who she really cares about in even further harm's way. Um, really yeah, terrible. And, and I mean, going to school to expel your children's friends is, is a rather, you know, I would say an abusive move. <laughs> yeah. 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 Could, could literally, literally like an extremely controlling uh, move. And uh, yeah, her reaction to seeing, Amity have someone she cares about, which does not seem rooted in bigotry, as I mentioned before, yeah. is so that's not even an, a quote unquote excuse that you can say here is it's like purely like a control move is like, oh, I don't want you focusing on that. I want you focusing on things that benefit me. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, like, I think it's about as bad of a look for Amity's mom as you can possibly come introduce her with in this episode. And yet they portray her charismatically. So I think that's kind of a fun way to to show this character, but it's very dark um, and very upsetting as someone who loves Amity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, very hopeful that uh, like, like the only reason that we are allowed to continue, like she allows Amity to continue existing how she wants to and lose to be free is like, just because uh, Alador points out that the current dynamic might ultimately benefit her. So we see no reason to believe that she will do kind of anything that is not benefiting of her, like try to try to mold the situation to her and the Blight's benefits in the future. Yeah. Um, so I think like a very sinister outlook for a character that is initially seemed kind of fun in some aspects. Um, also, I want to say Alador, like, look, people stand what they want. Uh, Alador equally as culpable, in my opinion, in this dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and I do not like, uh, y- you know, like he is letting all of this happen just because he yeah. like, comes across softer. Uh, yeah, he could, that's sort know. of my, how my interpreted it. Like, you know, I was like, you got like, you know, it's not just just because he looks like he's a little bit less intense doesn't mean that he's not equally as complicit in what's yep. happening here. Yep. 
Yeah, unless unless of course like there's some abuse going on in their relationship. Yeah, Assuming yeah. that's not true, like he is, you know, he is uh, not only letting it happen but endorsing these course of actions as they do seem a little bit on the same page with what they want. So, um yeah, I think they're fun, but uh it seems heavy. Uh I think this is the most fun way you can portray this sort of dynamic probably with the show, uh with this episode like you also get like the lumity moments kind of shining through this like really dark uh, other, yeah. otherwise undertones. Um, but, uh, a little bit, I like, I like, I like them as characters so far, a little bit dreading the next time they're going to be major presence in the episode. I want to see how it's, it's handled, but, uh, could be, could be heavy. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say just, I don't like, yes, the hundred percent with the controlling abuse and all that, but I don't know if she's in her mind, I wouldn't say she's doing it for herself. I think she, in her mind, she's seeing this as I'm doing this for the good of my child, even though it is like controlling abuses like i don't think she sees it as her being selfish yeah i think that's possible i think definitely i would definitely agree if it's like she's doing it for the family like i definitely get get that vibes um and i think she sees amity as part of the family so she's doing it for all of them yeah Yeah. i think i like yeah i don't think that her intentions are to be harmful to amity at at all and i think that the something that's come up in, in discussions about, like, other parent characters where, you know, parents can have, like, very good intentions for their children and can also be controlling and harmful without intending to be. Yeah, and that's some, actually something I'm, 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 I hope we see some sort of parallels with what, since we are going to see Luce's mom come back. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the entire show started with her wanting Luce to go to a be normal camp. So, like, you know, and even though, like, Luce's mom is, like, super loving and is just, like, you know, she's very, like, that one thing is the one thing we see that, like, for some people, like, for instance, like, for me, I I didn't take her as, like, a bad parent, but some people, like, from the get-go are, like, she's a horrible parent because of this one thing. So, like, I'm curious to see how the parents come in, like, how they both... The, the the trajectory of both of these parents within in the future because Luce doesn't fear her mom in the way that Amity fears her mom yeah I would yeah, love, love, sure. love to see the two of them talk about their moms and their relationship with their moms yeah. together and in general with this when the sorts of things come I don't think this is like a sit down and talk show but yeah uh, that would be that would be a nice thing for them to get into with their relationship as well um and the only other thing with them is like you know Amity smashes the telepathic uh, necklace yeah um as like a, a representation of potentially her breaking free from her parents at least in this episode so i am in- curious to see how that manifests in the future is amity fully uh kind of breaking free from her family now will she side with lose quickly in the future presumably yes after this episode um is this a sign of her leaving home that's something we've speculated about potentially um, and then there's like, how do her siblings play into this too? I think that's interesting. So, uh, you know, we see the, 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 the step of Amity breaking free here. How's that going to play out in future episodes? Very curious. Um, anything else on Adalia and Aldor? Nope. Uh, moving on to Luz and then Ida and Lilith, um, as, uh, large parts of, uh, episode one and the other half of episode two, we haven't really talked too much about yet. So Luz, um, we see her, uh, record in the beginning of the first episode, recording messages, further messages for her mom that are not sending as the portals closed. Uh, she goes on the fun Selkie Damis quest in episode one. That's the, we see her as a pirate. Um, and, uh, in 
episode two, seeing her as, uh, and in addition to the end of episode one, teacher for uh, Eden Lilith, as alluded to in the last season, teaching them her glyphs, or her type of magic, loses magic boot camp. Um, so there's kind of that. And then thematically, also in episode one, there's a thing of like, she thinks she's, uh, she's worried that she screwed things up for Eden and is like being a burden on her after the events of, of last season. Um, Sarah, uh, you wondering what's your, uh, analysis is of uh, how the show is handling lose uh, so far in season two yeah i mean i think they've kind of really established where where she's sort of gotten herself to in terms of her sense of self-confidence and you know you know she, one of her opening lines in the first episode is like do not underestimate me when she was going to fight the fight the monster um and you know talking to her mom saying you know she's still tr- aspiring to be a full-fledged witch and she that's what she plans to do so that she can make it back home um and and so she really i think she really has has developed a sense of, of feeling confident in herself and and her ability to do things you know she's really grown in her magical ability like she can do so much and it's so amazing um but we also really see that she takes she still takes a lot of you know burden on herself for the sort of the problems that aren't necessarily you know completely or even at all her fault <laughs> you know feeling like she needs to help Ida and needs to you know go defeat the Selkie Damas to get the money and feeling that she needs to help um get get uh Gus and Willow back into school because she feels like you know it's her, it's her fault that she got them expelled and like you know she really does take on sort of the burden and the responsibility of things and feels like she needs to sort of do it herself to to make up for that. And so, like, I really want to keep seeing Luz realize that, you know, she doesn't actually need to to do everything herself and she doesn't always need to take the burden on for, for others as much as, you know, that is sort of her, her newfound self-confidence really, like, um, blossoming, if you will. Like, like she can she can sort of, you know, recognize that she doesn't have to do it all herself while knowing that she also still has so much power within her so that's sort of my my loose analysis for for these opening episodes nice yeah well, i would love to see her uh feel less like uh culpable for a lot of stuff going on that's outside her control um i love seeing her teaching Eden and Lilith. i think that was a great dynamic beatrice any loose highlights i think for me kind of piggybacking off of what Sarah said I really what something that really stood out to me was that conversation her and Ida had um where they were like very where like like I just loose is very much allowed to be a kid in that like she has these doubts and she does like she she does these reckless things and like Ida despite her like her eccentricities is still like the adult in this and she's like and they were, I don't know, I just really like that communication that they had in the first episode of just at the end of, you know, being like, I'm a better, I'm better now that you're in my life, like, you know. So I just think um, watching Luce, like, just continue to grow and expand on her magic. And the fact that, like, yes, she's the teacher, she's now the teacher of the, of the, um, of the of the trio, I guess, of her, Ida and Lu- uh, and Lilith, um, it's not so like it's not like a power dynamic shift. It's it's a lot of it's also like, for instance, like Lilith like was able to figure out how to work the glyphs right, so and how to like bring these spells together. So I was I like how 
like it's not all up to loose now to figure out how to work her magic. Like it's like she doesn't have to carry all this load on her shoulders. And um I'm just excited to see how um you know how she just continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like this this analysis of like Luz taking on too much of a burden like uh coming to play with her like teaching Eden Lilith now and like her like ha- being forced to step into this role. Um that she shouldn't kind of have to be put into. Um, and so I like, yeah, I think that's, that's a good direction for the show to go and yeah, lose very fun. These episodes, despite dealing with a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, hopefully she doesn't get to Marinette levels of dealing with too much responsibility at once. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, we will see where, <laughs> yeah, give, give more chill time with Amity in the library. Less, uh, <laughs> Less having to teach it. Even Loth were fine on their own. Um, in in episode two, seemed like so that, that maybe gives you hopeful that they it may be potentially in the future as we may moving moving on to. Eden Lilith now with this, uh, them learning the glyph magic stuff. Um, maybe all three of them learning together now as they're yeah. to a certain extent caught up with uh, where Luz is at with the four glyphs. Um, yeah, I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. So yeah, I think um, and to me this is like the stuff that. I thought was like really fun, really successful with Edith Lilith. These two episodes, them Edith ends of the episode, first episode learning her first glyph, and then them in the second episode learning the eventually arriving at the combining glyphs um, and learning kind of how this magic is working on the island. They're them together through the loss of their magic, kind of diving into our questions of like how magic works on the Boiling Isles. I thought that was just a really fun component of that episode as well. Yeah, and. uh so yes i mean maybe the direction in terms of how magic works is like uh there's light plant fire and ice their version of the the avatar four elements i guess and uh that's not okay that's not explicitly to avatar (laughs) it's yeah ancient uh like uh hindu and other mythologies that where it's based off of yeah uh so um you know what plant is earth uh light is wind there you go okay um ice water uh so yeah no a lot of shows do the element stuff it's it's, yeah avatar like most prominently recently but this is a common thread throughout uh, narrative history um and so like maybe there's the four basic ones and they're going to start combining them uh to to achieve other forms of magic Uh, i think that's i don't know if i heard this super explicitly theorized upon it it's interesting direction to take kind of this this part of the show's mythology um interested it's if the titan plays into this at all because i know there's a lot of talk of the titan magic and stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah and then uh just the setting up the other parts of eden loth and then we can check in on how they how they were the ida uh we, we we established they're struggling for money now without ida having magic so ida kind of grappling without having magic and then lilith also um uh explicitly say confronting who she is without magic and her coven um, and then she uh, interacts with Hootie a lot to make this uh, scrying spell for for Ida to like regain her trust. We get the Lulu Hootsifer uh, dynamic friendship. Um, so that's a right away we're going to the the Lilith uh, Hootie Hootie dynamic here, and that was I think a lot of fun too. Um, uh, Beatrice, any other any other highlights of Eden Lilith in these episodes? Um, I do before I get into the big highlight for me, but I do have one question about the 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 mirror thing that you can see into the emperor the emperor's mm-hmm. ca- castle whatever um is it two-way right it's two-way is it is it that's the feeling i got that they can also now spy on them is what i uh, i don't i assume that wasn't the intent do you think you that know, it was co- actually not it? clear to me 
as it, uh, the first time I watched it because it kind of sound because you could kind of it kind of the audio sort of changed to be kind of like you were hearing it as like yeah. an echo through the little you know spying portal um but I, I don't like it they didn't indicate that all of a sudden the guards could see them so right it was just the echo made it seem like it was two-way, which made it kind of be like, it, which to me it was like, oh, I could see this being a thread that they'd later come back to where, oh, like Lilith messes up, even though mm. it, she didn't mean to. And, you know, it's like, oh, she's trying to regain their trust and then she messes up in a very, very big way. Hmm. I don't know. That that was the feeling I got, but maybe maybe I misread it, so. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't interpret it as them, the castle, being able to hear them right now. But that could be a future plot, or it could be unclear from that episode. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, back to the back to uh, Ida and and Lilith. I do really like, and this is such a s- small thing, but there is like there like Lilith's expressions are like just like that little bit awkward. Like there's just this very adorable awkwardness between them because so much has passed like so much so many things have happened between them so it's not like they like they don't click right away and it's and, it, and you know it's not like Ida doesn't try or whatever it's just kind of like both of them are still trying to figure the other out and I just thought the expressions that they would use sometimes was just very uh I don't know it's just really well done it's like really earnest I think yeah there's just this earnestness of them both really tra- wanting this to work and really wanting to fix things and um, and Lilith just l- looks very like, you know, like her looking out the window and her being all like pensive and stuff. I just, I'm, I'm such a Lilith stan, you guys. <laughs> such a stan. As a Lilith stan, was this a satisfactory beginning? Yeah, absolutely. You get her, her, you get her teacher's pet moments. You get, okay. So like when she draws, like when, when Ida calls her in for finally to, to ask for her help and she like is explaining the how to how to incorporate the glyphs together and it's like she it looks like she's in a way it kind of looks like she's um doing like calligraphy and like doing like kanji like she's writing like some sort of like character like when she's drawing drawing the glyphs i don't know i just thought it was like she looked really pretty (laughs) and i was like oh that's (laughs) such a like a good shot that was like a really (laughs) well-framed shot that accentuates lilith's um superior um not superior to anyone, but superior in terms of like, oh my god, this is so good. Maybe superior is the wrong word. Like incredible, like uh, design, um, character design. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that you came across very uh, stand stand to me. Sorry, so that was, sorry, that was good. sorry. I'll, no, reel, was, I'll reel it back. No, no, no. <laughs> we love, we love it. We love, <laughs> it's good. Lilith very sympathetic. I think these two episodes after a lot of people were mad at her and the last season. So I think it's good. Start her off like uh bring have her like be funny with Hootie. That's a great way to get everyone yeah. back on the little side. Um they yeah, Lulu and Hoots for a great it, it was fun. It was really fun, I think, with the two of them. Sarah, any other uh highlights from Lita and and Lilith? Yeah, you know, I really I really enjoyed, you know, their dynamic that they that they had um, you know, re- sort of awkwardly but earnestly reconnecting and and you know, their dynamic really really showing as being some of, you know, sisters that, you know, they're very different, but they do they do kind of get each other in in some ways that, you know, people who have grown up together do. And I also felt like I find like I'm definitely the Lilith type in terms of, of students where, you know, I'll have my my chart or my my um my Lilith like, you know, cards of for to memorize and make sure I follow all the rules start to finish one at a time. And make make a and, nice sculpture of the teacher. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that I was maybe a little bit of a teacher's pet sometimes in school, so maybe that is true. So, yeah. Got gold stars, but they both got gold stars, so it was, that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was very fun. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. Eden, Eden Lilith Stanium is very earnest, um, and uh, I, I, th- I thought it was great. Everything with them. I love them Them learning the glyph magic so far. I think that's been super successful, so I'd love to see more of that coming up. Yeah, and um, I think, you know, just like highlight, you know, I think we sort of referred to this before, but they're kind of in this vulnerable position where they're having to reconcile their identities and their sense of self. And, you know, this was done pretty explicitly in these episodes. Um, but I think that it's it's done it's done really well because it kind of puts them in a vulnerable position, but that allows for that kind of emotional, you know, openness and, and growth. So so I, I appreciated how they did it. Nice. Yeah. Um yeah, great, great stuff from them and looking forward to more. And uh, other other qu- last quick hits from the episodes here. Um, sorry for not giving some of these last topics. They're due or running, running long. And we're also going to have to go quickly through the last segment. But uh, Gus- Gus's voice uh, changed a lot. Um, we haven't mentioned it yet. He went through <laughs> which puberty they say in the show. Uh, was it just me or was this like the most jarring voice change I feel like I've ever heard from a character? Um, we we hear a lot of these in kid in like kids shows, but uh, I don't know. For me, this one was just so different <laughs> with with Gus here. Um, I don't really like. This might seem bad, but I don't like. I just got so used to his, his new voice that I just right don't away. really remember remember the old one. So I was like, oh yeah, puberty, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think at I've... first it it, it at first it was like wait what, <laughs> but I think it 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 adapted for me fairly quickly. Yeah. yeah, we'll be fine. But yeah, he was uh, much more high pitched. Um, and I think I think it also stands out because he's I feel like I think he's the only kid uh, voice actor of the the main ones. So uh, like this yeah. is only an issue with Gus here. But I think he's also like younger all than they established. I think I think it kind of works with this character. Like he grew right. Like the, the the design he they made him taller too. Like they made him like didn't they? That's good. Yeah, I want I need to compare the the, the two side by side. But probably yeah. Um, in a week or something, yeah. I mean, that checks out. Magic puberty, we've seen that. Um, and then uh, Sarah wanted to highlight with uh, Amity in uh, episode two, right? Yeah, no, I just think you know, just you know, it was a really nice moment where she like acknowledged that that you know, Luce and Willow and Gus are her friends now, and you know, we started yeah. off with her kind of being more, you know socially um as part of like a different group and you know struggling to reconcile her past with willow and you know i i love the growth i love that she's you know she loves that they're so nice and and they listen to each other and they inspire her to be the kind of person she wants to be and it just it really warmed my heart you know as i guess as a moment of growth for for amity and i really think that it's promising to see her as part of the sort of friendship group moving forward yeah, that was great. Uh, Amity gave the full-on reformed Mean Girl speech here in this episode. Like, uh, yeah. we are 100% past uh, any sort of Mean Girl origins with Amity, and it is the second episode of season two. So this went very, you know, we we knew it happened quickly last season, but yeah. this was like the most earnest, uh, like, friends getting better possible speech I feel like you can you can give. Um, and notably, yeah, following up on Understanding Willow. Seems like they're good now, Amity and Willow. They, they, maybe they'll touch on it in the future, but at least they can, you know, kind of interact uh, normally now. Oh, and and I don't think we mentioned. Maybe we did, but like you know, at the very beginning of, of of episode two, where she like drops her po- photo, that's her and Luz, but oh, also yeah. Gus and Willow as well, and she's yeah. like, "No, nope, nobody can see this, and like this can't be destroyed. This is so important to me." 
you know, it was a really nice like little callback to the Grom episode seeing that picture. Yes. Yeah, that was great. And that, that that's when Amity's mom uh, determines that it loses a distraction for her. Yeah. Um, but also, I think also had Gosling Willow in it. So it also like relates to the stuff with Amity. Yeah, that was good. That was good stuff with with Amity. Yeah, not just yeah, a lot of a lot of great Amity character, probably one of the best Amity character episodes in addition to um, the great Lumity content as well. Um, quick other quick things we had the new opening credits uh in the beginning of the, the for the first half like of the animation changed um and i like it a lot more of these like uh epic introduction shots to each of the characters and then you get the same flying scene afterwards um and then the end credits if you're watching on tv uh, you don't see them but uh the there's like new hieroglyphic uh art uh mm-hmm. in the end credits too which is really cool mm-hmm. um Anything we have written down from the quick hit section on these two episodes, Beatrice, that you want to mention? Um, Willow's dad's just lovely to see. Yes. I think that, um, yeah, I, I love how they just were like, we have, we have quit our jobs and we're just going to fully dedicate to you. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's, that's extreme. Um, so yeah, uh, I really, I really loved seeing them, and uh, yeah, um, would I also loved like always love seeing the twins. Seeing the twins is always great. Um, curious to see why um, Adalia is so focused on 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 Amity and not the twins. Um, I wonder what their relationship with their parents is like, and I yeah. really like the you know the. Amity Willow Gus arguing of how best they should save Luce. Like Gus, like I th- who was it, Amity or Willow, who was like, "This isn't a 1940s cartoon." <laughs> that was like, yeah, yeah because had to just, line. oh, I could uh, create some imaginary, yeah. <laughs> you know, ladies to charm away the guard. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's yeah. just so perfect because Gus is, you know, uh, a human uh, researcher, or, like historian yeah he's interested in the culture and it's really funny i don't know i just really enjoyed that yeah that's where i got it from yeah um one of one of willow's dads had a book with hot pop on it referencing frogs a nice amphibia reference um and uh yeah with with uh, amira and edric i'm wondering if they're like less powerful than amity so she's less interested in them in terms of furthering the family um i think that's that's a dynamic you sometimes see but yeah i wanted i want to see more of them too and in relation to the parents sarah any uh thing from the two episodes you want to highlight yeah i mean we have in the second episode i thought it was really sweet that principal bump just was so upset yeah. that, that the kids were expelled it was, he, he cried and looked at the photo book and it was in yeah that was just very sweet yeah it was sweet um, yeah and then and then and then i i also wrote one of my favorite quotes of the episode was i'm calling applesauce on this business baloney <laughs> <laughs> which is basically you know my new quote for any time i i'm I'm mad at capitalism. <laughs> applesauce seems a very loose word. Very, it, yeah, it's very, a very loose thing to say. Very silly thing to yeah. Um, I lo- yeah, a lot of people loved Lilith's uh, low battery shirt she's wearing um, now in the season. Um, new fashion statement. Uh, Hootie is uh, wants to ship Lilith's old friends, um, so it's canon that Hootie is a shipper now. Just so you know. And the intro to episode uh, episode one references the intro to the first episode of the show. That was fun. And I think that's basically it. So there you go. On the first two episodes, we are going to do the abbreviated 
like I said, running long to the abbreviated section of the news and the trailer. So let's very quickly do that. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, we now know the outlook, uh, the future outlook of um, Owl House, which is that we are getting an, uh, episodes weekly for season two through August 14th. So the first 10 episodes are weekly, then there'll be some sort of break and we'll get 11 more later in the season. So episode season one was only 19. We'll get that extra episode this season. So 10 weekly now followed by 11 more in season two, but then these season three will be the last season and will only be three 44 minute specials. Um, so this was not expected. Um, we saw this announced and, uh, Dana initially uh, uh, said that this focusing on the situation was the main reason I left Twitter um, and it was unexpected. So potentially an initial uh, negative reaction. She also later said that um, the uh, it's it's uh, challenging, but excited for what we're planning. Uh, the 43 minute special, it means an event we otherwise couldn't have done with a different kind of order. So uh, I, I do think it's like uh, disappointing. I think we're not getting this is like probably the least amount of Owl House we could have gotten, but three kind of epic specials could be, could be uh, really fun. Um, and uh, yeah, Beatrice, uh, any, your reaction to Owl House ending sooner than we thought? Well, I only learned about it today. I literally saw the outline and was like, wait, what? Cause I saw Owl House. We were so what was three your... in like the, in, oh. in some headline a while back. And I remember like messaging some friends being like, Oh, Owl House got renewed for season three. Heck Yeah. And then Aster- asterisk, not really season three, more, more like see, specials, see, yeah. I didn't see the asterisk, I saw season <laughs> three, period, and I was just happy. And then I look into the outline today and I'm like, ah, what do you mean? But, um, you know, uh, what's you know, it, it, I'm you're gonna make me do math, so what's 44 times three? Yeah, it's it's six, six, the equivalent of six episodes, so you okay. get like six instead of 20, yeah. So, like, that's 132 minutes of epicness. Like, there, that could be something, like, really cool that they could, like, kind of lead up to. Like, there could be, like, depending on where the, as you mentioned earlier, how we don't know when they learned about that order. So, we don't know if that was, like, after season two was done or in midway through season two. Like, how season, like... If yeah. season three feels rushed, if not, rely solely on when they found when they found out. But um, I feel like this it could be really, 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 really interesting. There could be some really interesting things. Like there could be sort of like a two episode kind of epic conclusion, and the third one being an entire dedicated epilogue. It could be a three part thing. It could be three individual arc, like three individual things that are resolved by the end of each each special like there's so much there's so many ways it could go about this that maybe allows them to do i don't know that might allow them to do something really epic um with you know yeah so and uh not to plug in a show that i i love but um there's a show that i'm watching called vivi fluorite's eye song it's an anime doesn't matter but for a good chunk of it they worked on two episode arcs and let me tell you, you could do a lot in two episodes. You can play with people's feelings a lot with those two episode <laughs> arcs. So if the 44 minutes are basically two episodes, yeah. there is a lot you can do in that amount of time. And again, Owl House has been very efficient with its storytelling, very successfully efficient with its storytelling. So if anyone can do this, I think if there were if it were any other show, maybe I'd worry. But because it's Owl House, I'm not as worried. Yeah. 
Nice. I, I agree. A lot of potential there. My, my, my read on it is that the three specials be used to wrap up the plot, not necessarily like epilogue kind of like there's a Lumity special. There's a, right, 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 right. but that's my guess, but you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Sarah, any reactions to this? Yeah. I mean, I definitely was like, I definitely had this sort of emotional work sort of like, Oh my God, there's going to be another season three. And then, Oh, Oh, it's going to be three specials. That's a bummer. And then now I do kind of think like, you know, the constraint, the limitation they have could lead to some really, really amazing creativity and and, and really something exciting. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it, it'll be good, um, even though I, I am sad that it's not going to be any more than than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sad, but yeah, hopeful. And we will check in on this, how this is kind of going throughout the season. I do think a lot of my reaction dependent on how season two is handled. So we will see and we'll check in again on this. The other thing is we got a main trailer and we've gotten a few promos as well for the Owl House. Uh, before the podcast, Beatrice uh, just watched the main trailer for the first time, so I'm going to insert her reactions uh, to this trailer now. Apologies. So sense. Apologies for the sound. <laughs> oh! God, what is all of this? <laughs> Wait! What is all this? <laughs> we were getting, like, Ida, like, flashbacks to her, like, ch- oh. <gasps> Wait, was that a handhold? Okay, sorry. <gasps> Okay, all right. Wait, it's not over yet. Is it over yet? No, it's not over yet. Okay, okay, I've seen it. Okay. Okay, there you go. So that was, that was the Beatrice's main reactions. Let me quickly go through some of the uh, the next few episodes. Uh, uh, Michael did an analysis of the trailer, uh, his specialty. So thank you, Michael. And uh, we have potential outlooks. So we have next episode, Echoes of the Past, about uh, King's uh, past explored, uh, lose Lilith Hootie, this is from description, go to a dangerous new island. This uh, Michael says it might involve the Oracle Coven. So we're getting in the King's past, as was uh, we saw elsewhere from this season. Uh, episode four, Keeping Up Annearances, uh, Ida's Unexpected family member who we believe is Gwendolyn, their mom. Um, and then also potentially from the trailer, Lilith might be turning into a cursed version in this episode. Uh, episode five through the looking glass ruins, uh, the a-, a plot Gus trying to impress, uh, cool kids at Glandis, uh, B plot lose an Amity, da- most dangerous section of the library. Uh, from the main trailer, we have Amity with her hair down in the trailer. Uh, we have, uh, the Lumity handhold coming up. Um, these are from episode Very five, exciting. it seems like. Very exciting. And from other promos, we have lose an Amity, um, blushing at each other and then also potentially talking about trying to find a book to travel between realms so that could be what they're doing in the library um episode six we only have it a name so far hunting palisman michaels uh, predicts it's about uh, potentially the golden guard being ordered to get a palisman for bellows he might he might have some sort of curse of his own um we've seen Luz with a cardinal on her shoulder a bird uh potentially a palisman we don't know but that's an exciting thing too uh from some of the promos Ida's requiem uh hype episode episode seven people are speculating this is a big flashback episode for Ida where uh we have seen shots of uh, in the promo there's shots of all the coven leaders if you see the trailer the the groups of people looking um but uh specifically people are excited for the bard coven leader who's the short green-haired woman who people are now shipping with Ida uh, because <laughs> there's like a shot of them younger in one of the trailers so this is the new ship is bard coven leader and Ida and we'll see if that is explored in uh, episode 7 uh, and then episode eight is called Knock, Knock, Knocking on Hootie's Door. We know, we don't know what's going on here yet. So that's what we know as of this recording. Beatrice, what's your big reaction to all the, all this information? Um, well, remember, I only just saw this. So there are a lot of things that you just mentioned that just like flew past me by. Like, who <laughs> yeah. is the Bard Coven leader? Like, I don't remember. Um, is it is it the lady that I thought was the um, 
what's her name from the book series? The she looks tr- like Azura, yeah. Yes. Yes, is that her? Yeah. Oh my gosh, people are shipping them together. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's what I'm excited for then. I I mean, obviously, the Lumity handhold and stuff. The fact that that's like episode five makes me think that there's a lot more in store in future episodes and we're just, we're not going to be ready. No. I hope so. Yeah, they did hold hands last season, but uh, more and more. Yeah, more holding hands. Sarah, any big reactions to all this? Yeah, I mean, definitely very, very excited for more Lumity. Uh, Oh my goodness, more Lumity in the library. I love the library episode from season one, so it's very exciting. Um, I think, you know, we also see, I think, in one of the trailers, we or both, I don't remember, it's been a while, but I know that we see uh, Luce's mom, um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that comes into play this season you know is she going to be able to connect to her mom again what's what's going to happen with that yes we will see we see camilla and uncleared the context of that as of yet only other notable thing bellos using we, we see him using a key to open the portal door um not the key that that Luz has so i'm interested about that like bellos like has a replacement key does he need the key Luz has um interested in that how that plays out um but yeah, a lot of exciting things happening, especially especially for episodes six and seven, based on some some of the material that we might be seeing in those episodes. But also, obviously, Lumity and five. And next next week is uh, King Baxter. I mean, that's very hype of its own right. So a lot of really interesting things coming up on the Owl House. Beatrice, any final thoughts on any of that or the first episodes? I'm just really excited. This is just going to be fun. Um, at this point, I. Yeah, would I have wished for more Owl House? Yes, but I'm going to just... Last year was rough, man. I'm just going to enjoy what I get. All right? I'm just going to have fun. Those are my thoughts. Let's be... Yeah, it'll be fun watching all this darkness and suffering this season. (laughs) Darkness and suffering, but like in the Owl House way where it's also kind of amazing. I I agree. Sarah, uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think, you know, I I think, you know, we don't get as much of the show as we maybe would want, but I think it's what we do get is such a gift. And I think that we're really just we're really lucky to have a show like this that's just so, you know, so character driven, so serialized, so you know, explicitly queer. And I think that, you know, this, these first two episodes and the information we have of what's to come, I think is promising for, for what we're going to get. So yeah, I'm just, I'm very happy to be along for the ride. Okay. Can I just say also like the fans of this show are so talented. A lot of fans. Like so talented, like, wow. Incredible. Yeah. Keep the fan, keep the Lumity fan art and other, and other art coming. It's, it's, it's good. Um, Okay, there you go. A uh, lot to be excited for on the Owl House. We'll be back with Owl House in a month, probably on three episodes, three, four, and five. Um, so we'll check back in on Lumity. Not, you know, we planned it that way totally. Um, <laughs> and uh, next week's podcast, probably checking back in on Ladybug. We'll be alternating for a while. So exciting stuff coming up from both shows. Make sure overlyanimated.com for all that. And. Uh, if you uh, want to support us, you can do so at Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimate. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Steve. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, and Michael, Needle, and Phonician. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time for Ladybug and be back for more Owl House in a month. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.